This is Unfiltered, episode 181, for March 23rd, 2016. The first blasts at the airport, afterwards smoke and dust, the injured, crying for help. And then on the subway, in the center of the city, the next explosion, a subway car incinerated at rush hour. You can hear the cries, passengers running in the dark. Tonight, at least 31 killed, more than 200 injured. Fresh off Western Tuesday, the Brussels terrorist attacks, and a man in a tree. It's time again for another edition of Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chase. That is Chris at the controls. And, you know, Chris, why did man in a tree become trending? Why Why is it? Now, by the way, famous. Yeah, I mean, by the way, I mean, that's just bad. That's sad. And and by the way, I, st- I I don't even share what I'm going to say to Chris when I intro. So when his reactions are priceless, they're great. <laughs> but man, you do I'll, give me the last one. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, the man of the tree and the man of the tree. <laughs> I, I honestly, we should have let off the show this week with man in tree. We should have had a top story. Man in tree. What's he doing in that tree? Actually, what's he, he doing? In the, he, you know what? He's I, not in the tree anymore. No, in fact, he's, uh, he's he's out of the tree. Yeah, no, that's true. You think you you suppose they've posted any stories online about? It? I can maybe go oh, find. Oh, absolutely. Them. Actually, one of our Como's finest. Got to mention in the, I think it was in uh, Washington Post or New York Times or something, They because one of our reporters, Theron Zahn, uh, was down there on the scene all morning. <laughs> all morning. Wow, look at this. You're right. Hashtag man in tree. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, so this is from uh, the local affiliates uh, parent network well, here. Just seems to go oh, no, yeah, there's, there's Theron. <laughs> there's, Theron. <laughs> there's Theron. This is your coworker. This yeah, is Chase's coworker. This is my right buddy. Here, this is Theron. <laughs> well, it seems to go on and on here in downtown Seattle. The guy's still at the top of the tree. We'll take you right up to the top and you can see what he's doing now. <laughs> the music. It's about seven stories tall, right next to the Macy's store. He's made a little bit of a nest for himself. And as of right now, he's sort of reclined. Uh, he has been talking to police that have been trying to talk to him through the windows there. What's with that background music, Chase? Uh, by the way, this has been put together by ABC News, so yeah. they took Como's coverage. Yes. We didn't have music on this. Yeah, I know. So this, this, is music is, this, this is ABC. By the way, I think the, you know the, the music is a very interesting touch, <laughs> because they're just making fun. The guy's like not necessarily healthy, right? So No, he's not. Yeah, no. And so the music is kind of disrespectful. I, I would agree with that. Of the Macy's store throughout the morning, but every time police try to talk to him, he becomes agitated, starts yelling and screaming. He's going down the tree, everybody. Well, for now. So they turn up the music as he does, and then they fast forward the climb down to do it kind of like a comedy. Dun, 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 dun. This is the great news. We can hear some cheering down the street. And then they bring the music crescendo up. Like he's sitting down now at oh, the geez. bottom of the tree. And then he gets on a stretcher. And then they end it with an ABC News logo. Oh, oh man, that is precious. And I, you know what? How much you want to bet that gets us pulled off YouTube? <laughs> all the things to that. Yeah, of that's everything jerk. that's going to be it. Of yeah. all the things, Chase, of all the things. You know what, Chase? Like we normally like to do here on your Unfiltered program, we like to start in the cyber section. I always like to start off a show cybering. Not necessarily in a tree, but we do like to start. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I asked producer Matt uh, this week to go grab a portion of Tim Cook's keynote. We're not going to talk about Apple devices. We're not going to uh. talk about iOS 9.3. 
But we're uh, not going to talk about the part where the FBI says, "Oh, we don't need you anymore." We are going to talk okay. about okay, that good. Part. Just making sure. Exactly. Just making sure. Okay. Yeah, that's one of many things we're going to be talking about on today's episode of the Unfiltered Program. We're also going to be talking about, of course, the recent bombings. We'll be getting into the tw- some of the 2016 elections. Also, specifically, we'll be getting into some good news as well. So don't worry, it's not all bad news, Chase, but it's a bit of a mishmash this week. So I do want to start, though, with the cyber stuff. I love the cyber. Uh, And uh, I want to take this little bit from uh, Tim Cook's keynote because I thought it was interesting. Within two minutes and 30 seconds or so of Tim Cook's keynote, he starts talking about the FBI fight. And this was right before the big news developed this week. So before we get started today, I'd like to address something that I know is on the minds of many people this morning. Now, notice right there, and it gets worse. His voice starts to tremble and crack a little bit. I I and producer Matt both noticed independently, and then we commented to each other yeah. that this doesn't happen at the rest of the keynote. And you can see, look at his face right there. He's swallowing. Yeah. Uh, he, he look. He, if you were to describe his face, his facial expression looks like something disgusting that tastes bad is in his mouth right now. And uh, he his voice starts to get a little a little rockier. Like this. Like either you know this. I you know thinking about this, Chase. This probably is the biggest. This is probably the actual biggest real challenge that Tim Cook has faced since oh, becoming yeah. CEO. I mean, the tech press is called "Oh, this gate or that gate" is the biggest challenge yet. Right? This, yeah. No. This yeah. going up against the U.S. government uh, is a big challenge, and so he begins to talk about it. We built the iPhone for you, our customers, and we know that it is a deeply personal device. For many of us, the iPhone is an extension of ourselves. About a month ago, we asked Americans across the country to join in a conversation. We need to decide as a nation how much power the government should have over our data and over our privacy. Another big swallow there. You can actually you can actually hear him swallowing. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll play it back a little bit here. I'm going to turn it up just for a second so you can hear. For privacy. Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've been humbled and deeply grateful for the outpouring of support that we've received from Americans across the country from all walks of life. We did not expect to be in this position at odds with our own government. I think that's an interesting statement. And you can see he looks down at the prompter when he says that. But I think he means it. I think yeah. he means I didn't ever expect a CEO to ever be in this position. That's how I read that is uh, I don't as CEO ever expect to have to be in this, yeah, exactly. in this position at odds with our own government. But we believe strongly that we have a responsibility to help you protect your data and protect your privacy. We owe it to our customers, and we owe it to our country. This is an issue that impacts all of us, and we will not shrink from this responsibility. That's right. That's right. Very good. We're the good guys, everybody. Thank you. Buy our phones, please. And now, the new iPad. Just one more thing. Actually, what he did after this. Okay. What they did after this was uh, a stroke of marketing brilliance. Did you watch the keynote? No, I did not. So what they did after this is they talked about their environmental initiatives. 
They brought up uh, their, their, the gal that heads that up, who's a former EPA executive. Then they talked about all the health information that they're tracking on the iPhone. Oh. Then they talked about Research Kit and, and, and how they're going to release it as open source and how the iPhone will be used to help people with Parkinson's and cancer and diabetes. And so, Chase, what do you suppose the underlying message was? That, that took oh. place, place, by the way, immediately after that Oh, statement. we want to keep the data secure and private, and this is your data, and, and this so, is guess laying what? down the case. Of by, that, by that yeah. evening. Wired had a piece about the new research kit underscores why the fight against Apple and the FBI is so critical. Oh, yeah. It was this was a that was a that was this don't forget don't think about the products Apple announced. That was the brilliant moment in the Apple keynote right there. And so uh, I want to talk about Congressman Daryl Issa. He is a Republican out of California, and uh, he's the one that really asked the toughest questions against Kami when uh, the director of the FBI. Uh, Director Kami sat down and uh, answered questions in the Apple encryption case. And uh, Congressman uh, Issa here is going to outline to you why the big news from the FBI came out today. They are going to – they will – the FBI will tell you it's because, well, somebody else stepped up after this got some publicity and gave us another solution. But Issa has got the real reasons. And this was a little chatty. We've had a number of statutes passed that clearly could have envisioned – Apple being forced to turn over these codes or make them available. We didn't do it. And so when we had opportunities on legislation that was modern, that was at least could be considered to be uh, aware of encrypted encryption technology, we did not take action. We considered it. We talked about it. We didn't do it. And so the idea that the All Writs Act, uh, a 1790 <laughs> legislation, 89. should be applied is something that I think the courts are going to reject uh, when it gets to the Ninth Circuit. So the congressman thinks the courts are going to reject it, i.e. the FBI doesn't have a strong case. Honestly, and you know, we were talking about this way back well, a couple episodes ago about the free free speech argument where they cannot be uh, compelled – Code, code, code the, of speech, free speech. Is, that the court right. has determined that that's precedent, right? right? So they cannot be forced to do that and I honestly – I, I was really thinking about this, and I know we're going to go into this, uh, the whole FBI thing. But part of me was thinking the whole FBI decided, oh, oh, we got somebody else, was maybe they saw that it wasn't going to work. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. In fact, he continues on to, to, to sort of outline reasons why it wasn't going to work. And they didn't uh, want to set precedents. Right, because the whole idea was, the whole original idea they had is let's set a precedent that we can compel Apple to create this code for us, right. which is a model that would work for any mobile phone manufacturer. Right. That's a precedent that would work across the board. Right. But instead... And not just phones. But instead what was happening is Apple was actually com- building a compelling case, and the precedent was going to be set that the All Writs Act couldn't be used, and the problem is... And it that, already couldn't be used in New York. That got tossed. Exactly. Right. And the issue is there's a lot of things that yeah. law enforcement is using the All Writs Act for already, yeah. and if that begins to unravel, they've got a huge huge issue on their hands. Oh, totally. Uh, but one of my concerns is is more basic. Statutes, whether done by Congress or not, still have to pass the test of the First, Fourth, and Fifth Amendment. And what they're asking Apple to do, what they demanded that uh, that Lava uh, pit, uh, Lava Bit, which is where Snowden's email was hosted. Lava, right. I always get that. I have to laugh. Lava Bit. Uh, Remember, this is a congressman, though. I mean, you got to give it to ISA for actually even knowing what the yeah, f- he's, lava he, bit is. Well, I mean, he's a California Republican congressman. Granted, Silicon, he has, you know, he's yeah, got yeah. smarts. He's got some background. But yeah. yeah. What they demanded they do is inconsistent with the basic constitutional principles. And that's where you have to look at, I'd be candid, late Justice Scalia, when he said more or less that the Constitution anticipated some criminality 
in exchange for liberty. Americans have to ask the basic question of, do we have to be able to solve every crime? Do we have to be able to successfully get every bit of data that might have stopped a terrorist attack or might have uncovered a crime? Or is there a balance? And is that balance being challenged by a government who wants to know everything about you and wants you to have very little access to anything about them? You've been very critical of uh, not just the Department of Justice with respect to Apple, but also how the media has discussed the fight between DOJ and Apple. So uh, what does the media get wrong about the case between Apple and uh, this encryption fight? The media gets wrong something that reporters, if they think about it, will realize if they can crack Apple – then they can start listening to and following at least the metadata and then perhaps the entire email chain of every single conversation that the media, that our, our journalists are having. Because, of course, it's fair to find out via warrant if you're talking to a, uh, somebody in government who may be violating the law by telling you about something the government's doing that's unlawful. <laughs> and if you look at Watergate or any of the other famous uh, investigations that uncovered wrongdoing in government, they depended on a whistleblower secretly getting and feeding information to somebody. What if this is really why they want access to the iPhone? What if this is why they want to set the precedent? Not because they care about some mom that got murdered in her doorway. Not because they care about the San Bernardino shooter. They already know everything they need to know. But because this, because this reason that this congressman is speculating about right now, this congressman is speculating about this, is that conspiracy bacon? Watergate or any of the other famous investigations that uncovered wrongdoing in government, they depended on a whistleblower secretly getting and feeding information to somebody, either in Congress or the like, and yet an administration that has tapped uh, the journalist, that has uh, even tapped the family of journalists in the case of uh, Mr. Rhodes, or taken data off of Senator Dianne Feinstein's computer because they were looking for a leak within the CIA that was leaking to a senior U.S. senator. This is the group that would have you believe that they can be trusted with the back doors to every piece of encryption around the world. The Department of Justice has... Can we ding that anymore? Wow. Can we ding that wow. anymore? Uh, there's, wow. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's about another oh, wow. uh, seven minutes in the uh, so support sync. Yeah. That is so good. I would recommend you guys go listen to the entire thing. And it turns out, as we've been hinting at, we've been talking about it, the FBI may not need Apple's help after all. Huh. Despite pending litigation, the FBI may have alternatives for accessing an iPhone used by one of the San Bernardino attackers. Although Apple has remained reluctant to assist FBI investigators by developing software to defeat the device's encryption, the feds may have more options available, leaving the matter out of court. According to court papers filed late Monday, a possible method to access the data on Syed Rizwan Farouk's encrypted phone has been brought to their attention. Federal prosecutors also asked a judge to halt an upcoming hearing related to their ongoing efforts to get Apple's assistance. It's not clear what method the government now wants to test. I have a prediction. But technical experts have argued there are other options since the feds first began pursuing legal options against Apple. Mr. Chase, will you red book this for me? Oh, you I have another a, one. Now, I don't know if we'll ever find out, but I have an exact I, – I know exactly how you hack this iPhone 5C. It's so obvious. Uh, the persistent storage will be removed and uh, put into another board to, re- to read and copied it infinitum. 
because the key and the file system, the HFS plus encrypted file system, dude, uh. this is not some sort of like unbelievable so why, crazy ass encryption. I don't encryption. even know if I want to book this because it's, it's not really that far-fetched. All they have to do is pull that persistent storage out and put it in another machine. Right. And then they have an encrypted HFS Plus file system. And something tells me that piece of shit's crackable. It's HFS Plus. It's the worst file system, literally the worst file system in right. the industry. Yeah. There's no way they can't crack the so encryption So is this John McAfee? Uh, they're, they're listening to him now? <laughs> you know, actually, it's an Israeli firm. Uh, yeah, supposedly. That's the word today. Now, what about the angle that Apple says, well, wait a minute. If you got somebody, we want to know who this is, what this is. Oh, is that what I, I they, they have said that. Really? Yeah. Yes, they I have. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh. Because they've come back and go, well, oh, so if you're going to crack it, we want to know. Well, yeah, they want to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing that strikes me is there was a million-dollar bounty for an iOS 9 um, jailbreak. Oh, really? And it was claimed. Somebody has wow. to. Wow. So, you know, and if you look at iOS 9.3, uh, Apple on their security site uh, for iOS 9.3 has posted all of the security fixes in 9.3, and there are a ton. So you could just look at that list of security issues, and some of them are very arbitrary. Like, you could exploit them via Safari. No. Uh, you could, you know, there's so many different, like, just look at that list, and that could give you where to start. Um, so the FBI is saying, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take a little breather here. We're good. We're, we don't need it. We're gonna, we'll come back to the court on April 5th, and we'll tell you if we think we need to proceed with Apple. What if, what if they are able to uh, be successful and they still come back? Apple has a really good case. Oh, I know. That's true. Yeah. I, their lawyers have done a really good job, so I kind of hope they do yeah. in a way. Uh, and, of course, uh, well, this is all part of a broader conversation. Around data collection, surveillance, your privacy. Well, you know, Ted Cruz wants access to your phone. Hillary uh, thinks we should have access to it. Yeah, there's one candidate who's always been about protecting your privacy, about keeping your information secure. Is he still in the race? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I mean, one candidate's still in the race. Oh, it's Trump then, right? <laughs> yeah, Chase, it's Trump. Yeah, no. I knew it! Yeah, Chase, it's, it's totally Trump. Oh, wait, I already played that one. Uh, you got one more guess since I played the wrong one. Do you well, want to... is, is it a huge guess? Yeah, it's a huge guess. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's very huge. Candidate Bernie Sanders speaking about Brussels. Let's listen. Now, the audio here is horrible. It really is quite awful. But I, well, he says a couple of interesting things. So let's, we'll play as much as you can suffer through, okay? There needs to be improved intelligence sharing between the United States and our allies all over the world, uh, effective monitoring of social media uh, to stop the recruiting efforts of young people. So he says there needs to be improved sharing of intelligence all over the world okay. and improved monitoring of social media and young people. Who are being led into the terrible life of terrorism. Who are being led into the terrible life of terrorism. Uh, but we stand today uh, with uh, the people of Brussels, with the people of Europe. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because he talks a little more. Let me back up a little bit. To do us harm, who want to do Europeans harm, who want to do innocent people throughout the world harm. And I know that our intelligence agencies, our law enforcement people, uh, will be as vigilant as they can uh, to protect uh, our country. He talks. On, he also says about improving intelligence collection a bit in here. Uh, let me see if I can find it for you. That goes without saying. Better, good question. I'm sorry. Who are the Republican candidates that protected? Sector law enforcement. 
I strongly disagree. I mean, that would be unconstitutional. So he doesn't agree with monitoring Muslims, though. He wants right. to improve surveillance. He wants to share with more information, but he doesn't say we should just monitor right. them directly. And all of like this, Cruz. <laughs> this debate now, and this, it's all gone into the presidential elections, is all in the shadow of one new big data center coming online, oh. as this NPR report brings us up to date on. So uh, get your internal projectors as we enter theater of the mind. The controversy over electronic data collection at the National Security Agency comes as the NSA is putting the finishing touches on its biggest data collection center yet. As NPR's Howard Burkus reports, this data farm, costing more than a billion dollars, sits on a National Guard base south of Salt Lake City. The complex of buildings is finished, and at 1.5 million square feet, it's five times bigger than the IKEA down the road. It's top secret, so we can't get any closer than this four-lane highway. This is a location that is quintessential for Utah. Mountains rise behind this dusty desert foothill. There's even a compound of polygamous nearby. Heyo. Inside the NSA's Utah data center, workers are now planting 100,000 square feet of computers and sometime in September, the data harvest begins. This is just part of a big network, okay, and that, that data is analyzed across that network. Which means, says NSA Installations Director Harvey Davis, the place will employ about 100 technicians and no intelligence analysts. When an analyst sits in front of their computer and does their work, they don't particularly care from whence the data came, okay? And as long as the data finds its way into the network, people who do the work, analytic work and data, do not have to be geographically in the same place. So it's the computers that will do the work here in Utah, and boy, will they be busy, consuming 65 megawatts of power, enough for 65,000 homes. They'll get so hot, they need a million and a half gallons of water a day to stay cool. After all, they'll be able to process enough emails, phone calls, text messages, and other data to take up five zettabytes of storage. Five zettabytes would fill more than a trillion DVDs. That's an estimate from William Binney, a former NSA technical director. They would have plenty of space with five zettabytes to store, you know, at least something on the order of 100 years worth of the worldwide communications, phones and emails and stuff like that, and then have plenty of space left over to do any kind of parallel processing to try to break codes. The NSA says the data center capacity is classified information. The agency's Harvey Davis would only say this about the data it gathers. NSA's focus is on foreign intelligence, and foreign intelligence that rides over of the networks is what we're talking about. Last summer, General Keith Alexander, the director of the NSA, was asked this during a speech at the American Enterprise Institute. Da, da, Will the Utah da, Data Center da. hold the data of American citizens? No, duh, duh, duh. No. Well, I can't go into all the details of the Utah Data Center. Uh, we don't hold data on U.S. citizens. But given the revelations of the past week about NSA's data gathering, privacy activists are concerned about the agency's new data farm here in Utah. Chris Segoyan focuses on technology privacy at the American Civil Liberties Union. We don't know everything that the NSA is doing, or in fact most of what the NSA is doing, but there is almost certainly a surveillance that they would like to do and have not <laughs> been able to do because oh. they didn't have the storage or the computing resources to perform the searches and this will give them the ability to do more searches through more innocent people's information. Last month, the National Security Agency broke ground for another data farm 
at agency headquarters at Fort Meade, Maryland. Hey, oh. It'll be two-thirds the size of the new data center here Good. in Utah. Howard Burkus, NPR News, Salt Lake City. So, Chase, before we get to the rest of the show, we got... Yeah. Of course, we got to talk about the recent bombings. We got 2016 to cover. But that wraps up the cyber coverage. I want to thank our patrons over yeah. at patreon.com slash unfilter. You guys are freaking awesome. Yes, you guys I'm are. I'm feeling good about the end of the month. So we are going to be revealing big major plans once we switch over at the end of the month. And we've maintained our funding to $2,500 or more at patreon.com yeah, slash unfilter. It's got to stay uh, consistent because, you know, cards get canceled. People jump ship. Yeah. You know. So are you ready for me to reveal the hint for our next secret plans? So this is your tease. This is my tease. Are you ready, Chase? Yes, I'm ready, Chris. Ladies and gentlemen of the chat room, your involvement is required. Oh, the chat room's uh, okay. The next secret phase to be, re- to be revealed dun, 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 requires a great, catchy, inside joke domain name for the Unfilter Show. We need a domain name, and it should be an inside joke, and it needs to be a usable domain. Only now this inside joke... Because um, I'm asking the questions we, that the chat room sure. will probably ask. Good this question. inside Good. joke. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm ready. Is pertinent to the show between us or us and them? I don't, well, anything that would be referential to the show is fine. Okay. And that works as a domain name. Extra points yeah, if the... If but the, do you want them to suggest that now? Because some people are throwing some ideas out now. Do you want them to suggest They have now? to be working domains. Right. But, but yes. what if they're not? What, what, no, I mean, what I mean is, what if they they've been su- suggested and and then some other people who are watching the stream or whatever grab them and take them and hmm. squat them? You know what they need to do if they buy them? I bet we could we could repay them. Okay, but here's the problem: is I don't want people I don't want people to buy them just yet because okay. uh, what I want is let's hold let's, on to them. Don't don't throw them in the chat room right now. Keep you guys. them keep them in the chat room because people listening afterwards will give you an update. But that's okay. your hint: is All it's right. going to be something online that requires a custom domain name just for the unfiltered audience. Got it. That's your hint. An Patreon, inside joke kind of a thing. Patreon.com slash unfilters where we go to support this show. This is a listener funded show because I'll tell you why, Chase. I can turn that off. In fact, but you know what we should do? Right Chris, there. Run the slot. We should do. Is once once we once we hit it right, mm-hmm. then the suggestion should come from a patron. You know, they comment on the post. Oh, you're right. Lock the post to patrons only, and then except they, for I need it before we hit it because once we hit it, I would like to just launch it. Okay, well then what you do is I will, I will try have, to remember to start a thread. We should just start a thread. Lock it for patrons only on the on the patron page because then it locks into only patrons that can respond to it. This is brilliant. Yeah, and because it's they for the patrons in. to begin it, with. Yeah, it is. All right, yeah. patreon.com slash unfilter. Uh, this is a new show. It's a history for the people, by the people. And we have no other motivation than making 454 people happy with the product right. we've created for them. Right. And if you like that product, you can become one of those people that we're creating it for and keep us on the air. And there's a very low entry point, too. You know, we, we added a $2 patron level just so you could say, hey, I support the show. If you jump in at five or more per month, you unlock all the goodies. You unlock that's everything that's cool. The, the yeah. overtime stuff. The supporters the, the supporters think that goes back to episode like 54. Plus you get the pride of keeping us on the air. And you're going to get the new secret thing we're going right. to launch. And if you become like, you know, our you know ultimate supporter at $33, you get the, the swag that gets that's sent out. Uh, what is it, quarterly? Is it is that when it gets sent out? Or? Actually, it, it is pretty, it essentially works out to be that. Uh, it, the, uh, it kind of depends on when new swag gets uh, developed. But yeah. New Swag just landed. Uh, there was a red book that went out to cer- certain uh, patrons, oh, uh, Swag right. members. Yeah, yeah. And uh, folks across the pond, I think they – I don't know if they get that one or if they got a different custom version just for them. Right. Uh, same for Tech Talk Today patrons. Swag just went out. So 
So Sweet. red books are now. You guys can write your own red books and send pictures. Oh my god, how cool would that be if people took like little pictures of the red books when they write a prediction down, right. And put them on the Patreon page. Yeah, and do that, that. That's the thing. You know, we we need a new swag. Yeah, the yeah. swag level is pretty cool. Yeah, so you get awesome. stuff associated with the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash unfiltered to support their show. And if you want to supply content, news, and help out, help out otherwise, unfiltered.reddit.com or join us live, jblive.tv on Wednesdays. I want to mention something just really quick. So what? <laughs> don't have a Mexican hat open. Now, where would they get that I idea don't know. I have no idea what they're referring to. Uh, one thing I want to mention is the calendar page because April, I don't know, is a son of a bitch for oh, me. It, actually, it's it is for for, for a you lot too. Of yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I, this is a weird thing about a listener supported show. Is in some ways it's it almost it it does sort of make it easier for us to take a couple of days off because what our threshold is we want to make a really good product for our supporters and if we feel like life and business is so crazy that we can't do that some weeks we have just not done a show if we think that's the best case but we're going to do our best to try to make april work there might be some rearrangements there may be one or two weeks missed hopefully not april's really crazy for us but my commitment to you is if it is possible at all for us to record the show, we will every single week. I don't know if that will be – I don't I don't know. Uh, JupiterBroadcasting.com slash calendar. I'm looking like uh, – like I'm thinking maybe I might end up needing to record like April 11th instead of the 13th for like the middle of April. Uh, I, I don't know. Man. I just don't know. Now, one thing we have, depending on how crazy your schedule is that might help, is uh, Noah's going to be in town the second uh, – the last two weeks of April – he might be able to jump in if you need somebody to uh, fill in for you. But I am going to be on the road the week of the 13th show. Oh. Yeah. Uh, for uh, Because it's uh, – it's um, let me see. I have to get back to you. But spring break's coming up. But I'm taking Dylan and the kids out on a, a little road trip. Oh, 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 spring break. I thought you were going to go down like the Cabo or something. Woo! You party. Woo! <laughs> that's – you know what, Chase? That, you know, that sounds like me because that's exactly how I that's roll. How we go. That's how we roll. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the uh, terror attacks that happened recently. Uh, this is uh, really something, and uh, of course, Brussels is really the heart of the EU, heart of the heart of NATO. And so, for this to happen, there is one hell of a statement. And this first clip is going to bring you all up to speed. Oh, hold on. You know, Scott, what do you think of that set? Look at that. Look how much depth Scott has to that set. Wow. And you know what Scott always does? Scott's always good with the glasses. He's always got the glasses gimmick going. Scott's best with the glasses. All right, so Scott's going to bring us up to speed on the Brussels attacks. From the CBS News. Belgian police have a dragnet out for a man spotted at the Brussels airport before the attack. They believe he left a bomb in a suitcase and fled. The two men on the left who were with him are believed to have blown themselves up. At least 31 were killed at the airport and an hour later at a subway station. 250 were wounded, including Americans. ISIS has claimed responsibility and warned of more dark days ahead. You know, one thing that is interesting uh, with these reports. Ah, damn it. What happened, buddy? (sighs) Now I'm frying bacon. Oh, man, you know, and I was just smelling it, too, coming from Bellingham. Damn it. I wasn't going to do this today. Oh, boy. I can't help it. What? 
Well, you know, I watch all these news sources. I watch all these clips. Yeah, yeah. I, I just noticed a damn annoying trend, Chase. What's that? The sirens? <laughs> no, that is funny, though. Actually, yeah. you. so Chase is talking about from a production standpoint, they are layering these effects in. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is one that they do every single time. And yeah. you're right. I do notice that, too. It's distracting. But, no, they don't tell you the source of the ISIS attack site. So uh, they're telling you that ISIS is, in fact, uh, I believe Scott was just talking about it. ...wounded, including Americans. ISIS has claimed responsibility and warned of more dark days ahead. Okay, ISIS has claimed responsibility and warned of more dark days ahead. Uh, Every news outlet has uh, basically stated this. I'm not picking on Scott necessarily here. Um, What bothers me about this in 2016 is we're not citing the source of that. Right. Do you know? Do you know the source of that of that claim? Uh, must be Twitter, right? Uh, this time, actually, not. <laughs> oh, good, good call. Because it, t- it typically yeah, has t- been yeah. right. We've uh, heard on Twitter the chatter on Twitter. No, let me see if I can set it up for you and see if you can guess what it is. Okay, okay. Right. it is a uh, a highly sophisticated encrypted communications app available for mobile platforms. The terrorists are using to communicate. Hmm. I've heard of this app. I think I've used this app before. Yeah. And it's also a callback name uh, to what we used to send uh-huh. between uh, like Old West uh-huh. train stations uh-huh. back and forth. Uh-huh. I think it's called Morris Code. <sighs> no. Uh, it's called Telegram. There you go, buddy. So uh, ISIS yeah. claimed responsibility on their quote unquote official Oh, telegram God. channels. Oh, man. Here's the problem, though, is once yeah. it went out on this Telegram channel, a bunch of other Telegram channels started saying it. And then your buddy. My good friend. Rita Katz. Oh, Rita. At the oh, site Intelligence did. Group yeah. is subscribed to one of these Telegram groups. Ah. She picked up the claim of responsibility and published it on Twitter. Then all of the pieces are written from that. So just so you follow. So it did come from Twitter, too. Eventually. Okay. But just so you follow, and I just want everybody to clearly understand this, what we're about to talk about. All of these news outlets, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, ABC, CBS, who else? All of BBC, all right, of them. all of them, yeah. I could, NPR, all of them, I could name all of them. Uh, they're all, all citing this Telegram channel notice wow. that then was released via the Site Intelligence Group on Twitter. And uh, most of the entire chain of events is in our show notes. So all of it. It's just I find I find that to be interesting. One group, the Site Intelligence Group, Rita Katz, continues once again to be the people that release the finding. They are they're right. so connected, apparently, to Telegram that they're the ones that find this. Dark days ahead. A police raid in Brussels turned up an unexploded bomb containing nails. Security has been beefed up at transportation hubs here in the United States. President Obama, while traveling in Cuba, which doesn't seem like a coincidence to me either, promised to do whatever is necessary to support Belgium. Tonight, the world is showing its support, lighting up landmarks including the Eiffel Tower in red, yellow, and black, the colors of the Belgian flag. That's our special expanded edition of the CBS Evening News tonight. Coverage of the Brussels attacks continues now on our 24-hour digital news network, network. CBSN. All right. Have you seen this, the CBSN? I haven't watched Uh, it. CBSN was also something else I was watching. They have apps for, like, a lot of the set-top boxes. Yeah. And they had uh, three or four folks sitting around the table doing analysis of – uh, Western Tuesday elections, and they had like a what, like a Romney guy there. They just had a, they had was a, it good? 
it, it, it was better than CNN's. Wow. Yeah. yeah. CBSN. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Okay, Chase. So yeah. I just want to give everybody a little more context about sort of what it's like to be on the ground right. uh, when terrorist threats are uh, abound. It was through so this window that a police sniper managed to neutralize, as they're characterizing it, one of the two men holding officers in abeyance with Kalashnikovs. It was only once they entered the premises that they realized that two of the men that they were searching for had managed to escape. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, just checking here, Chase. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Jeez, uh, hmm, checking. The date on this clip is uh, March 17th. Oh, last week? Yeah. Now, the terror attacks happened yesterday. Yeah. This is from March 17th. They realized that two of the men that they were searching for had managed to escape. And you can see coming round the back of the building how easy it was. You can see more broken windows and what is presumed to be the suspect's escape route. This is from the day after last week's Unfilter. And producer Matt and I collected this clip planning to roll it in this week just as to just to cover. Yeah. So we got this right away and we're sitting on this figuring we'd roll it in today's episode. And it's really fascinating to listen to this wow. clip in context. Retro- yeah, yeah. Yeah. As the manhunt continues, of course, so too does the fear and the confusion as residents, not just here, but all over the Belgian capital, struggle to come to terms with exactly what is happening again in their midst. They're acting there uh, with the weapon and uh, different kind of hard equipment uh, from three until six in the, in, in the night. What is clear is that Belgian police were unprepared for what unfolded here at this premises. They were, as they describe it, carrying out an ongoing manhunt only to find themselves caught in a firefight. This will only, of course, increase the scrutiny on Belgium's handling. Going to increase the scrutiny. Of its terror threat and the impact that that has and is having, not just here in Belgium, but across Europe. Across Europe. Brussels. Across Europe. Of course, the vigilance. Across Europe. Yeah, that was from the 17th. Uh, so uh, what's interesting about this is they obviously were very aware. There's a lot of connections. They were they were, they were were implicitly aware of these brothers. Uh, and, of course, these brothers were also connected to Paris, um, the Paris attacks, perhaps communicating with somebody from Paris, which I find to be remarkable since Paris has been in a state of emergency since the Paris attacks and they have just been blatantly violating the – the uh, privacy of, of the population, mm-hmm. all of France has, right. not just in Paris, all over. And it is – and even despite that, even though the, they have been, they've been communicating with someone, someone in Paris, they didn't catch these guys. The house that I'm at right now was indeed rented by one of the Bekrawi brothers, by Khaled Bekrawi. And it was also the place uh, that was raided um, uh, a Tuesday ago and where one suspect was killed, also someone who was very much implicated in the Paris attacks and was apparently in contact with the Paris attacker while they were conducting the attacks at the Bataclan and in the other Super areas convenient as well. Here, uh... Two people escaped. I want to go back here just for a second because he says something here. I want to. I want you to. I want you to talk about. Was killed. Also, someone who was Hold Tuesday on. ago, and where one suspect was killed. Also, someone that suspect that was killed. Uh, they don't. It's funny they don't say it in this report. Uh, super convenient because it just you know it keeps things tidy when this stuff happens like this. Right. Uh, the ISIS flag was draped over his body. 
Yeah, I heard about that. Isn't that, you know, I mean, thank goodness we don't have to spend time figuring out if he has a connection to ISIS because the ISIS flag was just Oh, right the there. ISIS flag, therefore, so he must have a connection. Is the ISIS flag, is it like something you knit yourself? Is it something you order online printed? How do you suppose you get yourself an ISIS flag? I, I think you probably make it yourself. You get a black flag and yeah. then you add the white writing on it, right? Do you want to, uh, why don't you do an incognito Bing search? Let's just see. I'm curious, Jason. Okay. If you wanted to get an ISIS flag right now, how would you get one? So, uh, because really, these, these guys were found uh, dead. So I did they? So I guess they murdered somebody and then draped a flag over him. You're in, okay. Chase has entered incognito mode. Go to Bing. Yeah. Oh, We're, you want me to Bing it? Yeah. I don't trust Google. Bing. Yeah. Okay. And of course, DuckDuckGo is too obvious. So we got to go to Bing because um, it's funny. How to buy? Oh, buy. 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 Okay. An ISIS flag. This buy. should. What? What? I mean, who would? Who would ISIS. this flag? Right. This is actually flag. not even auto completing. <laughs> Oh, wait. Buy ISIS flag Amazon. Oh, no way! Look, right okay, there. Okay, click it. Click oh, you it. You click, click it? it? Yes, okay, I okay. do. I do. I think this is great. Okay, can you buy an ISIS flag on Amazon? ISIS branded merchandise sold on Amazon. That's an old 2014. It's probably like an Etsy page. ISIS removes Confederate ISIS flag, so you can't buy it there. Uh, these are some old results. Let me go back one more time. So this is maybe not as easy as we thought. All right, All right so back to Bing. Back to Bing. Where to buy, buy an ISIS flag? ISIS now, yeah. Can you just pick one up, Chase? Can you just... Anybody in the chat room know? This could get us drone striked, the chat room says. <laughs> uh, wait, maybe eBay. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe Check eBay. eBay. That That's, makes sense. All right, all right. Uh, ISIS flags. No. No, these are not ISIS. Uh, go down. No. Go down one. Go down Go down a little bit. Oh, nope. it's that's F That's ISIS. an F ISIS. Yeah, all right. There you go. There you go. Uh, and you're no slouch to search in the internet. You're no, no slouch. Well, no. I, I, I mean, I would be doing some more alternative searches. And stuff. Yeah, maybe anybody in the chat room, if you find a way to buy one online, uh, let us know. Um, uh, a Tuesday ago, and where one suspect was killed, also someone who was very much implicated in the Paris attacks and was apparently in contact with the Paris attacker while they were conducting the attacks at the Bataclan and in the other areas as well. Two people escaped from uh, from that raid. It was unclear in the beginning who those two people were. Now the authorities believe it might be the people who now blew themselves up, the Bekrawi brothers. When the police went into this flat, though, they found the DNA and the fingerprints of Saleh Abdusalam, and that was something that then tipped him off to the Molenbeek area, where they then captured him. So it seems to be becoming more and more clear that there is a link between Saleh Abdusalam and the people who now blew themselves up at the airport, the two Bekrawi brothers it's interesting too to hear the uh, media speculate about the uh, bomb master uh, blaming himself up and of course here's the official report of isis claiming responsibility ISIS claiming responsibility for the terror attacks that rocked brussels killing at least 34 people and injuring more than 200 and now the terror group warns that more attacks are coming so what can the u.s do to combat this growing threat majad nawaz is a former islamic extremist and the author of radical my journey out of the islamic extremism. So, uh, have you ever heard of like those camps you can go to to ungay somebody? Oh, or, yes. Yeah, yeah, the Yeah, like I, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what this feels like to me like uh, I was a radical, and then I and then I saw the light, and now I'm not a radical, and I wrote a book about it. That's who this guy former is. Former Islamic extremist. He's a former Islamic extremist. Now, is that a member of ISIS? No, no. It's just a generic label, kind of like 
millennial. And the author of Radical, My Journey Out of the Islamist Extremism. He knows the mindset <laughs> behind this kind of terror, and he joins us now to weigh in. Thank you so much for joining us this no, morning. No, thank you. A pleasure. What were your initial thoughts when you heard this unfolding just hours ago, these uh, sim almost simultaneous attacks happening in Belgium? Now, I, I, uh, I give this guy a hard time. But I actually kind of found some of his initial points to be, well, pretty on the nose. Well, all of us who follow these issues on a daily basis were expecting these attacks. Unfortunately, we knew they were coming. ISIS warned Belgium specifically in February that they would be next. Uh, so the Belgian authorities knew these were coming as well. And actually what that tells us is that it doesn't bode well for the future because the Belgian authorities were working round the clock to try and prevent such attacks. And even despite that, they, were, they found that they were unable to prevent this unfolding, this tragedy unfolding in Brussels yesterday and how big is the threat that this will come here and how do we avoid it I think what we're facing uh, is a global jihadist insurgency. This month in March alone, we've had uh, seven other attacks uh, in seven other cities, two in Pakistan, uh, two in Turkey, one in the Ivory Coast, one in Nigeria, and one in Mali. So uh, there's, a, 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 there's an unprecedented level of an insurgency involving Islamist extremism around the world today, and I think it's reaching levels that we are yet to fathom. Yikes! Uh, Real-time follow-up, Chase, right here is... Mr. Rikai in the uh, chat room did manage to find. We have other people looking as well. Uh, but uh, look at this. Uh, yeah, I did notice they had they had the lower third ready to say what he, before he said it. Uh, at iOffer.com. You ever heard uh, of this? I offer, yeah. I, I usually never go there. Have you heard of it before? I've never heard of it. Yeah, for $19.99, you can get Islamic State flag, uh, three uh, by five, ISIS, ISIL, Muslim, Islam. <laughs> That's the description. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Three to five days, 100% polyester. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Probably made in China, right? It's UV resistant. That's good. Oh, yeah. Of course, ISIS members always care about their UV resistance. Um they have uh, they they they're pre they're pretty much uh, the experts in flags. They do over a thousand different designs. They don't necessarily endorse the meanings or conditions you may assign to this or any other other flag. Uh, Does it mean, go good with uh, white Toyota pickup trucks? Yes, good. exactly. That's, Recommended that's to go all with. I care about. Uh, but lols in the chat room or lots in the chat room. I guess it was nice is, job. He's going to continue to search. Rikai found that one, but that didn't seem like mainstream. I don't think that's where ISIS is buying their flags. No, from. I don't Something think they're going me. to iOffer. Uh, all right. So, of course, uh, when the U.S. sees that one of our uh, friends, one of our allies has been attacked, the only thing to do is reach out with our hand and grab a mirror and look back at ourselves and become narcissistic about ourselves. U.S. cities ramping up security after the attacks in Brussels. And here in New York, the NYPD's counterterrorism teams maintaining a very visible presence on the streets and subway platforms. Senior correspondent Rick visuals. Leventhal. Uh, right there. Look at the, behind this guy. I know. Heavy, you know, medium to heavy armor. Yeah, we're well, live right now from a subway platform guns. in Times Square. Hi, Rick. What does it look like down there? It bothered. Honestly, it's dragon. But so they're sitting around with machine guns, right? You know, and I saw you know scenes like this uh, on the, on the news yesterday, and uh, honestly, it started to bother me. It's like, are we supposed to get used to just you know our 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 police and basically military garb just hanging around and with big guns? It sort and, of feels like it because here's what I was thinking. 
this the frog in the hot water? Worst case, exactly. Because worst case scenario uh, is if when we have a massive widespread presence like this, the, look at them with the guns back there, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, we're all anti-guns. It's hilarious. Uh, it's, it's no guns except for the people in the uh, clothing that's black with the badges on the shoulders. Then you can have guns because those monkeys are different than the other monkeys. Uh, what I find to be really kind of sort of sad about all of this is it seems to me that if there was an actual full-fledged terrorism strike, let's say a bomb goes off or, God forbid, a plane smashes into a building, wouldn't we be less capable of responding because we have all of our emergency response personnel spread out over the entire city? I go back to 9-11. Wasn't one of the issues in responding to the airplanes in 9-11 is – Sorry. Is that we had a massive drill going on and we were so spread out around the U.S. that we couldn't respond properly. Right. And yet here we are doing the same exact thing. We think there could be a threat. So what do we do? We spread out thin. We spread everybody out all over the city, all over the place. And then we are unable. The best thing you could do is use the cameras you have everywhere. And have everybody on a moment's notice ready to go in different areas staged around the city. Right. That would be the best thing to do. This is security theater, straight up. It's security theater, in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Have, and now, uh, I don't uh, I don't make it out very far past uh, Everett these days, Chase. You make it out farther south than I do. Uh, are, are you seeing, uh, like, a lot of security in your neck of the woods? Is this something in the Seattle area that is— uh, Not really, No. No, I, I'm not running into it, and I walk around Seattle Center like all the time. That's home of the Space Needle. So, and have you no. walked out? Have you walked around in the last few days? Yeah, and you haven't noticed. You haven't noticed any uptick in security. In no, downtown Seattle. No, huh. not in my neck of the woods. Huh. Interesting. You know, uh, the so you would think, right? You would think that uh, Belgium would double down on security after all of this. Maybe Seattle wouldn't because they're so far removed, but Belgium. You would think the borders of Belgium would be locked down. In fact, they've said they're locking down like never before. It's unprecedented. Don't travel here. We're locking down. So uh, I I couldn't do it, but it seems like a reasonable idea to me. Why not jump in the car and see what happens when you yeah. try to cross the border? Uh, we are 800 meters away from the Belgian border. We are uh, trying to establish whether there are being any checks or extra controls carried out but at the moment it's an empty road there it is the sign we've crossed into belgium absolutely with no problem uh, whatsoever whatever talk there was of extra security or belgium being uh, on lockdown uh, at the moment at least here it feels uh, pretty free and pretty lax. This is kind of the problem, I think, right there. You know, you can just drive right across the border. No big deal. No big deal at all. And now this is leaked in, of course, for the U.S. It can't be just a discussion about the actual issues and a discussion about where ISIS is from and who funds them. It can't be that. No, in the U.S. media, in the US media it's got to be about the 2016 election. Well, the attacks in Brussels making terror the most important topic on the campaign trail. What? 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 Whoa. At least today, taking ISIS, taking on ISIS has been a cornerstone of the GOP candidates' campaigns, but for the Democrats, not so much. So did the Democrats get... Actually, let's stop right there. In fact, this is really interesting. This is where uh, uh, Hillary uh, kind of went in a direction that we haven't seen before. But before we get there... Before we talk about that, 
Uh, let's talk about 2016 real quickly. Yes, because let I, us. I think we should do a general 2016 update before we get into Hillary. So uh, I want to do something really interesting uh, because you and I were watching it. So let's yeah. give them the at-home experience. I watch CNN and Fox, and then I also watch CNBN or whatever, whatever that is. C- CBSN. CBSN, and I watch the YouTubes. And producer Matt was watching the MSNBCs and uh, a couple other outlets, well, basically all of them. And so I thought, let's let's give the audience a little flavor of the night, starting with Ted Cruz winning Utah. Story all night, but we are going to pivot back to the other big story here in the United States. We have a call here, NBC News projecting that Ted Cruz is the winner of the Utah caucus. NBC News projecting that Ted Cruz is the winner of the Utah caucus, winning all four, uh, excuse me, getting 18 delegates there, uh, as I was going to mention, 40 delegates total. Now this, Francis, is obviously a significant step for Ted Cruz. Utah was not a state that was going to have mass participation because it's a Republican caucus. That's an organizing advantage the Cruz campaign has long claimed indeed. One thing that I found interesting about this is the media was able to do something a little different, which is kind of refreshing, especially CNN, is they kept going back to the Brussels attack and then going back to the election. Yeah, they kept kept uh, noticing that more, too. Yeah, they had a little more stuff. Also, did you notice Jeb Bush came out of the woodwork? Yes, Jeb I Bush did. is endorsing Ted Cruz for president. This Whoa. word came earlier today after dropping out of the race Bush did about a month ago. Garrett Tenney tracks it all down. He is live in Washington. And- <laughs> to me, that basically means that uh, Cruz now has the establishment backing. Cruz officially. You think so? Came, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, really? Yeah, I do. I think that's what it means. Don't you think? Uh, I don't know. I th- honestly, I think after Christie endorsed Trump, and then you had Carson endorsing Trump, I think they're just lining up uh, possible job opportunities. To be blunt, I, interesting. I, I really don't think the convention that, will will reveal all, but I yeah. you could be right. We yeah. who who will see? We'll see. I yeah, don't, I don't know. That's what I, I honestly think that they're lining up job opportunities. If, if I recall, and I might have the order wrong, but if I recall, after we had the results from Utah, uh, we very quickly a little bit well, not very quickly, but a little bit after that, uh, we heard about the Democratic side in Utah. And uh, just at the end of what Chris had to say, I was informed we have two new characterizations, including a. Characterizations. Uh, Brian's getting a little tired, I think, here. Characterizations, Chase. A winner projection that uh, uh, in Utah, Bernie Sanders will come out on top. Here is the GOP caucus. Um, We are allowed to say here only that Cruz is in the lead. Still too early to call. We've um, we've doubled our um, our percentage, however. You see what I'm saying about him? You see what Bri- I'm saying? Bri White. Bri White. I know you miss network TV. Were you, were you surprised about Idaho, though? No, not at all. It is 11.30 p.m. in Idaho right now. And NBC what I'm surprised News for the- about, to be honest, is the, wi- the wider-than-expected margins. First time tonight can, can name a projected winner. You see it right there. Bernie Sanders, the projected winner of the Idaho Democratic Caucus. And then, uh, of course, uh, just a a little bit after that, you had uh, some news about Trump and Arizona. We're back uh, again. uh, 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 Listen to to, to, it. Oh, man, Bryway, you need to have like a five-hour energy, bro. 
we're back uh, again. Uh, this <laughs> is um, raw number, but all of it has an asterisk at this point. 51% in on the Democratic side in Arizona. Hillary Clinton over Bernie Dang. Sanders, 60 to 37%. On the Republican side, uh, 46% in. The official call, too early to call. Trump, Cruz, Rubio. Dang. And we were joshing with you that Tim Cook on the ballot is from North Carolina and not of Apple fame. Oh. <laughs> we have a projection. Arizona, Republican. Let's bring that music back in here. Donald Trump. Uh, Rachel Knight, you said this was there. He's not doing so good. And Rachel's holding up way better than he is. You know why? He's not used to the long coverage. I don't know. He's done a few of them. Yeah, but not as consistent Remember, as yeah, he does on yeah, uh, right. Cable's much it's more consistent. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, Ted Cruz really wanted a surprise. Yes, and, and it would have been a big surprise had he done it. It would have been a big it. surprise. But it was, it was an interesting decision by the Cruz campaign in these last few days to right. spend resources there. Yeah. Because second place gets I you buckets. I can imagine the director. Yeah, keep that music up. Keep that music know, right? up. Keep I know, it going. Right? And then last but not least, of course, Hill Dog and Arizona. We have busted out of a commercial break, which usually means we have news to report, and here it is. NBC Woo! News is projecting that when all the primary votes are counted tonight in Arizona, Hillary Clinton will win the Arizona primary on the Democratic side, currently with about 70%. So, yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, from in there, I thought that was Bri. <laughs> no, Sir. no, no, no. Woo! All right, so speaking of Hill Dog, uh, she came out, she wanted to sound presidential. She had some tough comments about ISIS. Oh, yeah. Some of my opponents want to build walls and shut the world off. Well, this was in you Seattle. Me, yes, it was. Good catch. How high does the wall have to be to keep the internet out? Look at that gal behind her. You see that gal <laughs> behind her? You see that? Sorry, you that's rough, man. Oh, that's... Actually, the gal next to the gal behind her, too, looks like oh, she's also got that face. Wow. There's RBI, and then there is... Uh, <laughs> woo, boy, look at that. Oh. Right? Oh, she does smile. Okay. You know, that's not the world we live in any longer. I liked this next line, though. Yeah, uh, she's really good at the uh, arms out. Yeah. Like, uh. Come on, that's common sense. What the, what the hell? That would, that's obvious. That's what that's, that's, don't that's, you guys don't know. No, come on. Now listen to this next thing, though. We got to take them on on the Internet. We need our great tech companies to be helping us do this. Oh, we got to take them on on the Internet. We need our great tech companies to be helping us do this. Yeah. We have to shut their sites down. Shut their sites oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have to intervene where we can to... Pre- Intervene where we can. Look at her looking at her notes. Prevent radicalization. Dude, good catch. She totally was. But she was really good at it. Like very, very sly, but you dude, saw the notes. The dog is so pro. Radicalization of homegrown terrorism. And we need everybody on the front lines. Yeah, everybody. Even, even you guys. Everybody. You on Twitter, you need to be on the front line. Everybody. Okay. Every single person. You on Telegram, front line. Chat room, front line. Particularly, I will add... American Muslims, because they're the ones who should be calling the FBI and law enforcement to say something suspicious is going on. Rat on your friends and family, for God's sakes, people. Do it for your country. I want them to feel like they are part of our defense, not that they're being insulted and isolated and left out, which will be dangerous to us. That doesn't make sense, my friends. Uh, Hillary, please don't yell the mic. I Thank know. you so much. they got to work on please, that. Please don't do that, She Hillary. has one of the best crews ever in the history of politics, and they can't get the microphone with a limiter. They can't please. put a limiter please. on the frickin' microphone. Uh, Hillary, you, please You see how don't. I'm yelling right now? You hear how I'm yelling right yes. now and it's not clipping? It's because yeah. I have a limiter. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, it's called a you, limiter. Thank you for using the limiter. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to the Hillary speech. Now, she's going to talk about Trump's wall here in a minute. 
some oh. of my... Oh, she didn't talk about Trump's wall. Uh, Chris, we're going to go ahead and cut, cut, to, <laughs> the, cut to the next one. <laughs> you, know what she said about, uh, you know what she said about Trump's wall? She said that uh, you, can't make, you can't build a wall tall enough to hold the internet out. I want to Oh, get that's that. right. Yeah, she said that oh, earlier she in the did? switch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, might, I, just, I just missed it then. Okay, good. Uh, uh, Chris is your producer. Let's go ahead. Uh, sorry, producer Matt, but this is now producer Chase let's here. Let's go on your uh, let's go, I'm talking in your ear right now. Let's this is producer Matt. Yeah, go yeah, ahead, Chase. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're, we're both having a conversation. Yeah, Chris, yeah, 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 the show. Chris, Chris really needs to go to the next clip right now. Okay, let's move him on let's to, move uh, on to the next clip. Bernie Sanders talks about society. He doesn't. It's make... funny you uh, just made that joke. So this is a this is. Yeah, he talks about the individual and competing claims of individual members of society. This is a horrible, horrible clip of Chris, Chris Matthews, and I apologize for the audio. It is a recording of someone's television. However, he is talking about Bernie Sanders, and uh, MSNBC is all in with the hill. She's, oh, yeah. They're all in with the dog. Oh, yeah. And I apologize for the audio, but I think this is important because you and I, we're both aware, of, we're cognizant of production techniques. Yes. You work in broadcast television. Yes. I want you to watch this clip. Yes. And we were just making the joke about the producer in the ear, right? Yes. yes. Watch this clip and tell me if, what you think just happens. How a young person coming out of school with a huge school debt is really owed something by society. We should give that young man or woman, both of them, something that they haven't had some sense of economic independence and don't make them debtors basically for the first half of their adulthood. Don't make them debtors. He's talking about college tuition, right? Yeah. He's talking about, and this is during the live election coverage. Right. So he's trying to kill airtime, right? Yeah. And so that's about competing in. So wealthy people on Wall Street, as he talks about, who make a lot of money, the traders, the speculators, they owe something back to society. And so I think that, uh, just a minute, am I supposed to stop talking? No. Okay. Somebody just told me to. Now, what just happened there? I want to play it back. Whoa. Okay, now watch his face, too. Just be aware of everything, okay? Wow. Yeah, all right. Back to society. I mean, he's going on. He's going on for 46 seconds about how great Bernie Sanders is, which you are not allowed to do on MSNBC. Oh, yeah. And so I think that... Uh See how see he's stopping right now. Because someone's talking in his yeah, ear. he's in the IFB. Uh, just a minute. Am I supposed to stop talking? Isn't that a weird thing for him to say on live air? Wow. That Isn't is that weird. Am I supposed to stop talking? Am I supposed to stop talking? Isn't that weird? I think that, uh, just a minute, am I supposed to stop talking? No. Okay. Somebody just told me to. <sighs> wow. What do you make? Okay. Just a minute, am I supposed to stop talking? No. Okay. Somebody just told me to. He's telling when he's talking about Sanders. Somebody just told him to stop so, talking. So you know what I think? I think possibly that. And this doesn't happen all the time, but maybe the producer had an open mic and they were in the control room. Mm-hmm. He's like, and, shut, and, shut up. I know, and they're probably saying, like, man, I wish you would stop talking. But that's he but he's supposed to be talking. Right. He's killing airtime. He needs to stop talking about Bernie or whatever. I think that's... Just a minute. Am I supposed to stop talking? No. Okay. Somebody just told me to. And I really believe that he is. Uh, you look. He looks frustrated right there. Yeah. I, you know what? Isn't that interesting? That's his way of telling him to shut up on air. No. Okay. Somebody just told me to. No, please don't. <laughs> Isn't that something, Chase? Wow. Am I supposed to stop talking? No. Okay. Somebody just told me to. No, please don't. Okay. Um, and I think that, uh, I think so, you have one man who's very effective in talking about the individual and competing ends of, of, of competing and claims. And We know what they are. And then within a, within a minute, he wraps up. I just thought that was kind that of that is very interesting. Do you now uh, if if President Obama if it came out that President Obama was suffering from degraded lung capacity from his history of smoking for his entire life, do you feel like that would be something the public should be aware of? 
At this stage in the game, probably not. If he was entering the 2018 election, do you think that's something maybe? If I, he was, I, if he, before even his term, it was discovered by doctors that he had re- diminished lung capacity. Do the American people deserve to know that before they elect him to president, or do you think it's a tough call? Because it's a tough call, it's a tough call because obviously, you know. We need to know that if there's any major health problems with our commander in chief, that you know, if something bad happened, who's going to step in, right? Represent inmates. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Too much to say. <coughs> this hill dog. Oh, Hillary. Wow. Hillary. She's taking a cough drop there? Yeah, she's going to take a little lozenge, Chase. A little lozenge. <coughs> that buzzes their audio. That's been. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> Thank you, Hazel. She's tearing up. That's been part of my mission. <coughs> Representing. I actually kind of respect that she doesn't walk off stage. In a way. Like, yeah, but now she she's could turning be like, in, She could be like, I need five. I'll but, be right back. But she, she feels like kind of dejected a bit. Do you think... I mean, she's got that look like... <sighs> you know, like... Poor people through the Legal Services Corporation. I can't let this be... No, no, no. Wait a minute. Plot twist. She's powering through to show the true perseverance of how much she really cares, Chris. The dog um, is strong. She she wants to show that not a cough will keep her off. You know, that call at 3 o'clock in the morning. A, I actually think that's true. Yeah, she's powering she through. Is, she is. If, if, she really wants to be president. She's a motivated gal. She wants to make it through. It was about making people's <coughs> oh, lives Hillary, better. Oh, it's okay. We love you. And it taught me that <clears throat> even if you're young... By the way, if you, <laughs> you don't if you have were listening just job. to the audio of this, close your eyes and just listen to the it audio. It sounds like she's emotionally touched, right? Yeah. Which some of the networks, this was back in February, some of the networks did actually grab this. Yeah. The reason why I'm playing this now is we sat on this clip for weeks to see if, to see if this got any coverage. I actually think the health of the presidential candidates does matter. Yeah. I, I, candidates, yes. Especially, you know, when they're getting in their 70s, right? Yeah. I, Rubio was in his 40s and uh, we made, we, we, it was a big deal of how young he was. You work at it. You stick with it. <coughs> you can make a difference. <coughs> you can do it, Hillary. Just keep oh, talking. God. Keep You're talking. Doing. Zoom back, zoom back. We don't want to see her cough. Zoom back. All right, zoom back. Zoom back. Nice wide shot. Nice wide shot. All right. All right, go ahead now. Bring it back tight. Bring it tight. Come on, Come on Jim. Tighten it up. Tighten it up, Jim. Very good, Jim. All right. You know, it's on doing something about that buzz, Jim. Jim. So the clip goes on for uh, another uh, forty-eight seconds, and uh, where she continues to cough. I just thought that was interesting because it didn't get a ton of coverage. Not a big deal, but uh, I do wonder if something we should continue to watch or not. Maybe not. Yeah, well, I'd be more concerned about the concussion. All right, so I'm uh, Chase. I'm hoping you can help me with this next clip because the Unfiltered show uh, has a lot of audio listeners, uh, probably more than we have video. Actually. 
Definitely more than we oh, have yeah, video listeners. Yeah, yeah. And so I want you to help sort of um, theater of mind, if you will, the next clip. The video audience is going to see this clip, and they're, or, or the people who have the same. All right, all right, fair enough. But for the audio audience, could you help describe this next clip for us? We have concluded. Thank you for your participation. All right. So all what right. are you seeing? So, 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 so first off, you're seeing a kind of an awkward handshake hug kind of a situation happening. Yeah, he's, uh, the uh, Cuban president has his hand on Obama's uh, shoulder there. Left Obama's shoulder smiling. There. Yep, smiling. And then what are you seeing now, Chase? So Obama, I think, was trying to go give the pat on the back arm around thing, but then the president kind of... Was going for for the hug. And then he went to raise his hand. And now the Cuban president is holding Obama's... uh, Forearm. And and now it looks even more awkward because (laughs) Obama's doing the... Kind of okay, kind of a kind yeah. Of a thing Obama with has his hand down, Doing and the, the yeah. Cuban president is holding Obama's arm up in the air. Okay, all right. And then they kind of like, well, we should we go back in for the hug? Yeah. Obama goes to walk away. Oh, why don't you come this way? Uh, we're going this way. Yeah, well, let's, let's go this way. All right, I'll go with you. Now, isn't it interesting? Now, let's let's play this back. I want you to because this is these are this is actually pretty important. This is okay. this is for your participation. Uh, Weird hug, gets awkward, holds his arm up, and then you know what I find? Where is Obama right now? He's on he's on this guy's home turf, right? Yeah. He's, he's a, in Cuba, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you find it interesting that Obama is the one that knows the way out and the Cuban president doesn't? Well, this is the first time they've ever been in the same room together, so, you know. But we are literally... Obama is at in Cuba. Right, and he's kind of going, oh, he, we go this way. Obama is more cognizant of where to go than this president. So watch. I mean, Obama, and you know what? Also, I'll give it to Obama. Uh... Uh, he's he's handling it well. Oh yeah, it's all he, he's it's, doing. It's played. That is very awkward. Yeah. And you and I have been on camera where something where somebody next to us does something very awkward. And we just have to roll with it. I'm yeah. sure you've been there, right? Oh yeah. And like he's doing the best he can, but then it gets worse. Because then, like now, they're awkwardly holding hands and smiling. Well, actually, Obama's holding his wrist. Right, and then the other guy goes off in the other direction. But that's not. And then Obama's like, "Come over here." No, no, you come this way, baby. He actually even said go this way. He actually even said go this way. way. Listen, if you listen really carefully, we'll stop yakking for a second. You can hear Obama telling him. You hear it? Go this way. way. Yeah. <laughs> Not awkward at all, everybody. Thanks for coming. We'll hug later behind How you. How we everybody? Oh, trust us. Oh, we got to go out the back door? All right, back door. Uh, rear entrance. Okay, got it. All right, let's go. Uh. <laughs> oh, they slow it down, They too. slow it down. I will hold on, guys. Come on. I, the, uh, the, the, there's just... Uh, I, there wow. you go, Chase. Well, if you have clips like that to awkward, contribute to the show that are awkward. awkward and interesting, come on over to our unfiltered Reddit page at unfilter.reddit.com. You can also submit them live during the jblive.tv experience over jblive.tv. We've got an embedded chat room with the live stream. What? And that live stream is always awesome. And starting often about a half hour before the official show starts, there's like some shenanigans going on. You can oh, yes. find out more. What I would do, if a little pro tip. Jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar, and then show about a half hour before the time on that page. That's my pro tip. Just oh. put it out there. Oh, nice pro tip. Yeah. Also, another pro tip, stick around. Overtime coming up. Overtime. More context, details, extra clips, all the stuff. That we couldn't fit into the main show. Basically, dude. Yeah. We just appended it. We're yeah. like, hey, you want more show? Have at it. Here, we'll just add it on. You don't need it, but if you want it, it's there. Just, hey, Chase, just click next. If people want to follow you online, where would they go? Uh, they can go to at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, on Twitter. That is the best place to follow me if you want to know about guys and trees. 
If you want to know about things that are happening in in my world, Twitter, this Twitter, new, huh? 140 characters or less. I do a lot of gifts. I should well, get on, which is a lot of fun. Now, I think you are on Twitter. Oh. Chris. You actually have not one account that you take care of, but two. You have one for yourself, I must. Right? I must have my people. Yeah, I can't. This sounds like something my people. Oh, take. your cabinet. Yeah, my, my staff. Your staff. My staff. Your staff. Yeah, at Chris Elias, that's my personal account. Not many people follow me because I restarted like a year ago. Yeah, I know. Which is kind of bullshit because I you was like- You don't tweet much. I was around from the beginning and then I restart and now I got nobody following me. Twitter.com says Chris Elias, help me out. Yeah. At Jupiter Signal, that's the network- and that like converted from Chris Elias, right? So you, yeah, you, you because you all, my my feed yeah. before that was all about like you know show schedule changes, announcement stuff like that, oh. which it is now at Jupiter Signal Linux Fest Northwest is coming up. Find out more That's about right. that. Right, go check it out. Big things happening. I, I have thoughts and ideas to make coverage good. We shall chat more. Yes. Don't forget throughout the week you can find out more about this show at unfiltered.reddit.com and Patreon.com/slash unfilter. Boom. Thanks for being here with you guys. Really yeah, appreciate it. We do. And we'll see you right back here next week. Next week. Time for the real party overtime for episode 181, March 23rd, 2016, of your unfiltered show. Overtime officially starts right now. Here we go! That's how we roll. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Overtime for Unfiltered. This segment is brought to you exclusively by our Unfiltered patrons. We got a lot to cover on this week's segment. Thank you for joining us on Overtime, and I want to actually say thank you specifically to our new patrons who signed up since last week's episode, since 180. I'm going to say this first name is pronounced Sebo. Thank you to Sebo, Inja, Madeline, Joel, Kai, Lee, Cove. Cove Technology, actually. Look at that. See, I was trying not to get the last name in there, but I realized the last name was actually kind of essential on that one. Cove Technology Incorporated. That sounds cool. That's a new patron. And Jorn, all new supporters, thank you to all of you. Some challenging names in there, but some good ones too. Joel, Inja, Cebu, Madeline, Kai, Lee, Cove, Jorn, Cove Technologies, I should say. Yeah, so let's start the overtime on a high note. On the real big story, the one that maybe I should have led the show with, maybe this should have been our intro, actually, now that I think about it. Such a major story. One of those really kind of dense the universe stories. we got to cover it now that we're on overtime. Stand by. Buckle up. It's the big news of the week. Given the key evidence and the most important witness in this case were withheld from the jury, we all knew that the appeals court would need to resolve this case. I am confident that we would have prevailed at trial if we had been allowed to present the full case to the jury. No, we are not talking about Hillary Clinton's emails. We are talking about Gawker versus Hulk Hogan. That's why we feel Hogan. very positive about the appeal that we have already been preparing. And we expect to win this case ultimately. <laughs> the philosophy of the place is run by a guy who literally believes we don't have privacy rights. I mean, he said it. 
At its core, this case has never, ever, ever been about anything more than the fact that Gawker took a secretly recorded sex tape of my client brown in a private brown cow. performing a private act and put it on the internet. Here, nine seconds, nine seconds of sexual activity, dark, rainy video, that's it. Mr. Belay is exceptionally happy. This is not only his victory today, but also anyone else who's been victimized by tabloid journalism. We're coming back Which Monday is so many for people. the rest of it, and we thank you all for your interest. There you go. That's the important story of the week, right? What? Oh, I'm getting a uh, back channel update from producer Matt. He says that was no. Oh, get get it out of here. He says, get it out of here. Okay. Well, your unfiltered program isn't just about the news anymore. You know, specifically here in the overtime, it's just you and me. Mr. Chase is in route right now. He hasn't gotten here yet. So those of you new to overtime, this is something that is made possible by our supporters. It's part of a secret overhauling of our back end for our patrons that we're doing. And this is something I do to warm up the audience and myself while Mr. Chase is in route. And it gives us an opportunity to expand upon the stories you heard earlier in the show. Additional context, uh, we spent a little extra time with them. That way you can listen to the first part of the show. And if you feel like you've gotten all the news you need, you could hit pause, when the, you, could hit, you could stop it right when the music begins to play, and you could be done. If you want to go into overtime, I want to reward you. I want to I give you a little something for your time. So this week, I'm going to give you a tip for when you're in a real hard spot. Maybe a way... A tool, you could say, that you could pull upon if you're ever in court and you really need to appeal to the judge, I guess. And it was the apology the judge never saw coming. Take a look. Hello there, you're honor. I want to say I'm sorry for the things I've done. But this is what cracks us up. You know, his attorney doesn't even look. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody seems to care. Like it happens every day in Washtenaw County, right. Michigan. 21-year-old Brian Earl Taylor, he apologized through song in a Michigan courtroom last week. Well, despite the song, he was still given 17 years in prison oh. for unlawful imprisonment. A very serious crime. <laughs> okay, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm not saying they're good tips. Maybe we should stick to the news. Like cyber. I love this next story because it made producer Matt facepalm. For me, it, it kind of actually makes sense. So at the end of this next clip, Jared, you tell me, does it make you facepalm? Or does the root of the story make sense? You be the judge. Cyber's up. Every degree is equal. Lieutenant Caleb Handy is teaching midshipmen something he never learned when he joined the Navy. Celestial navigation. Do the students just have this blank stare of, I'm not understanding? Um, you do get that a lot. A lot of it more, though, is that wide-eyed, what is this look? This is a sextant. Created in the mid-1700s, it was named for its scale, which extends 60 degrees, one-sixth or sextant of a circle. It uses the stars to determine a navigator's location. It is a core competency of a naval officer to be able to navigate by the stars. But the Navy stopped teaching celestial navigation more than a decade ago, when GPS became widespread. Now, with high-tech threats, the Navy is bringing it back. A sextant, unlike GPS, 
cannot be tampered with electronically. <laughs> yeah. Is there a fear of hacking in this age of cyber attacks and cyber warfare? <laughs> okay. So um, does it matter? Like, that seems like – see, this is where I was like, I don't think it's a facepalm. This seems like a good idea regardless of cyber attacks. It seems like you could have an outage. You could be on a lifeboat. You could be stranded somewhere. It just would be good to have this skill if your job is being out on the water, right? So, uh, yeah, exactly. Arch, Arch uh, Russian Linux says just forget about hacking. Talk about electronic malfunctions. They are digging here. Cyber warfare. I wouldn't really call it a fear, but I would say that it is a potential threat. It's not just the Naval Academy. The Navy is bringing back celestial navigation fleet-wide, including at Navy ROTC units at college campuses. I'd never done it before. I'd never seen it. I never imagined I would be doing it. These midshipmen told us they're on board. Really? You never know what's going to happen. You want to be there for the worst-case scenarios. Is there ever a day in the future you think the Navy will eliminate it again? I hope not. It's a maritime tradition that could be a lifesaver in <laughs> yeah. this brave you new think? world. Mark in Albert, this brave CBS new world. News, Annapolis, Maryland. Yeah, because we need it for this brave new world. Uh, the, uh, the Sexton. <laughs> Jeez. Man, are they digging? Are they reaching? One thing we don't really have a good picture of, but we probably know there's been major shifts in, is the steps the U.S. government has taken to find new possible Edward Snowdens before they become Edward Snowden. Right, you follow me? What heuristics could we monitor? What behavioral patterns could we watch to identify the next leaker before they have a chance to leak? You know, pre-crime. Yeah, you know. Well, now, RT has a little bit of details on how that pre-crime works. Look around your office. Do you see any coworkers whom you might identify as an egomaniac? How about a disgruntled employee? Or maybe you see someone that is the office doormat. Well, if so, they may be a whistleblower. <laughs> that, according to new government documents obtained by The Guardian and whistleblower Chelsea Manning. This was, of course, centered around her case as a leaker Government specialists have identified eight core motives which they feel lead someone into becoming a leaker, of which apparently Manning displayed several of those characteristics. I wonder, does the checklist include uh, wide-ranging unconstitutional behaviors and actions by the U.S. government, uh, abuse of power, uh, detention of detainees in an illegal manner? Uh, does, it, does, the list, does the list include these things? One of the pages in the 31-page report, terrifyingly named The Insider Threat, mm. cites that Manning was shunned by, quote, his dad, using the male pronoun for Manning, and that Private Manning's service in the U.S. Army was underscored by his struggles with self-image, that he wanted to be an openly accepted female in the U.S. Army. So joining me now to discuss this is former CIA analyst Ray McGovern. Love oh, Ray. Ray. So good of you to be with us today. Love when you're here. Thank you. Um, so it would appear to me that the government is creating uh, a workplace environment of if you see something, say something, kind of like you see in New York subways, right? Um, they're encouraging workers to keep their eyes 
peeled at all times. Doesn't this create something of a hostile work environment if you think you're constantly being surveilled by the boss? <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't imagine <laughs> a more, you know, more oppressive environment uh, and and more. Uh, well, less conducive to free thinking. I mean, that's what you need, particularly in analysis. So if I were to say, you know, I don't know if there really are any weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, well, that would get me in this list. I would be a disgruntled uh, one. <laughs> I would be vulnerable to... I mean, I'd qualify for about five for of these For one things. of these. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've got personal issues. Yeah. That's, that's, on, that's on there, too. Or I have an ideology... Uh, it happens to be telling them the truth. That's a pretty dangerous ideology. That could be dangerous ideology. <laughs> now, the, the government has already um, placed 100,000 people uh, in the military, contractors, civilian employees under what they're calling a continuous evaluation based on this insider threat report. Now, I don't know about you, um, but let's, let's take a look at this real quick here. Take a look there. They say someone who presents greed or financial difficulties is considered a risk. Someone who wants revenge, someone's ideology, as you mentioned. Uh, they have ego or self-image issues, even something as broad as having family or personal issues. So again, I don't know about you, but these seem awfully broad, just hugely broad descriptions. Some are even comparing this to the formula that was used to detect traitors or spies during the Cold War. So what do you think this sort of broad language uh, could do to people's morale, or, or couldn't this just backfire and cause intense paranoia? Mm -hmm. Well, these traits are not only con uh, not only reminding people of uh, spy, you know, spy things, but spotting people. This yeah. is the way you spot. This way, recruit people. You look at these things. Ah, family, personal needs, money, um, divided loyalties. Maybe I need money. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so that's that's the main thing here. You know, this is the same list used to uh, to judge a, uh, a Russian in in Paris who may have one or two of these things, and you exploit that to to get to get him to spy for us. So, you know, it's really it's really crazy. People have all this money, and they need people to employ, and so they watch uh, watch everybody else. It's, it really has to do. Let's not uh, let's not fudge the issue with uh, with concealing major war crimes. I mean, if you look at who enemy number one, two, and three are of the U.S. government, it's Bradley or Chelsea Manning, it's Julian Assange, mm -hmm. and it's Edward Snowden. What did they do? Well, the first two revealed war crimes. I mean, whatever you say about those helicopter pilots shooting up those civilians, yeah. you know, shooting up Samaritans, good Samaritans come and rescue those little kids, that's a war crime, okay, by any definition. Right. And as far as Ed Snowden is concerned, well, the Fourth Amendment to a Constitution prevents all the stuff that he disclosed. So these are public enemies number one, two, and three. That's what this is all about. They don't want anybody else disclosing war crimes or crimes against our Constitution. So just cast a wide net, right? Sure. Now, I couldn't help but notice that the documents kept referring to Chelsea Manning um, in the male pronoun. Um, do you think this is a, a sort of a, a dig at her uh, and ultimately using gender identity as something that can be exploited and, and used against other people in the military, perhaps, or, or um, as as a, a contractor in the trans and LGBT community. Well, I think there is one trait here: ego, self-image. You know, what does that mean? You what, know? 
But uh, the, the use of the, the male pronoun, uh, you know, I don't know when these documents lead back to, but it could be just simple, simple stupidity, people male-centered. Insensitivity, in yeah, simply nothing. Insensitivity or nothing worse than that. Yeah. Okay, now on the flip side, though, um, being that this is the government that's the employer in this instance, do they have a, a right to seek further-reaching strategies to, to keep the workplace safe, keep information safe, um, as much as private institutions do? Because private companies like Apple can make you sign your life away to keep your, your mouth shut, uh, given that existing federal laws prevent the federal government from monitoring employees as much as the private sector. Well, that's where your conscience comes in, you know? You can sign a piece of paper, as Bradley Manning did, saying you will not reveal secrets that would harm the national security of the United States. Uh, but when you see these crimes, what's more important? Is it more important to divulge what's going on, or is it more important to keep a little contract that really isn't binding like an oath to the Constitution? Yes, that's his is. phone. Very, very uh, strong statement and uh, yes. very lucid. That right, is his phone. So very that. lucid. That former CIA analyst Ray McGovern. <laughs> Super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that because it was a, too long of a clip, so I didn't watch the very last 30 seconds, and that's great. <laughs> oh, I love it. When, hey, you should have. I got to play it again because you got to see your face. It's good. It's good. <laughs> okay, watch. Okay, I'm going to bring back just the last few seconds here. Look around. Okay, hold on now. Like, when, like, watch, right, for when she says that a very lucid statement. Watch, watch. Okay, here we go. Security of the United States. Uh, but when you see these crimes, what's more important? Is it more important to divulge? It must be in his coat pocket and his microphone is on, right? Going on, or is it more important to keep a little contract that really isn't binding like an oath to the Constitution is? Very, very... Uh, no, watch her. Watch your faces. They're going to cut. It's so great. Strong statement and uh, very lucid. All right, thank you so much for that. That was former CIA analyst wait for it. Ray McGovern. You see that right there? That's it right there. <laughs> I feel bad for her. Great interview, and then it ends with a stinker like that. Uh, yeah, so Arch, uh, Arch, Russian, Arch Linux Russian. There we go. Mm, my mouth must be wait. Must be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, ah, gotta do the mouth stretches. Yeah, uh, Obama went uh, to Cuba. In fact, why don't I take a quick cyber detour since you didn't know that, and uh, I could uh, I'll, I'll cover that for you. So if you didn't know that, I thought most of you knew that. I thought it was pretty well known. But real quick, here's the story for those of you that didn't know. This is an ABC News special report. The president in Cuba making history. <laughs> now oh, reporting. That's presumptuous. George Stephanopoulos. Good Hello, morning. We are breaking Hi, now for a moment of history, the official arrival ceremony for President Obama in Cuba. He is, of course, the first American president to visit Cuba since Calvin Coolidge back in 1928. And there you see him walking up the red carpet of the Palace of the Revolution, the seat of the Cuban government. In just moments, the president will be greeted by President Raul Castro. The leader of Cuba, 84 years old. Of course, he is the brother of Fidel Castro, the founding president of the modern state of Cuba. He and his brother together have ruled Cuba with an iron fist for nearly six decades. So probably uh, you can find out more about that. Oh, I don't know. In the actual show that you've already listened to, depending on the order you're listening to this in. Let's resume our cyber coverage with one more clip. This one I thought was kind of interesting. 
because it's from the Waz about the encryption debate. What do you think is the technology that's going to change our lives the most over the next five years? Over the next five years, a lot of people might say artificial intelligence, but recently I've been playing with virtual reality, and I think that's going to be the winner because it just takes you into new worlds. And it's sort of like a thing that movie does to us. It has an emotional feeling that you want to be there. You want to use this as well as it's um, going to be a productive way of, um, I don't know, training and doing productive things as well. well. What about artificial intelligence? I mean, is that real? How close are we? Artificial intelligence, for about, for a long time in life, we would program a computer to do what we told it. And now with artificial intelligence, the computers start to learn to think to rewrite, to design their own programs. We're getting closer and closer to that, but almost all the recent advances in artificial intelligence in the last five years, maybe even ten years, have been exploring neural networks and things where the computers can get smarter than a human could have ever programmed them to be. And that's, that's, um, that's great because they'll be able to help us with more and more of the things that we want to get done as humans. Are you worried that you know AI could go bad, that bad robots could turn on us? For about three years, I was worried it would go bad, and then other people like Elon Musk and, and uh, Stephen Hawking came out talking that way, and I thought, they are thinking the same way I am. Once the machines think for themselves, they could go off and say, we don't need the humans, just like her. We, we got 50,000 conversations with hmm. computers. We're better than humans. And then I reversed. I came up with a lot of reasons why it won't happen. We, they won't be able, not very many computers will be able to get as smart as people, real consciousness very fast. And it would take hundreds of years to modify everything in the world that is movable infrastructure to where they could like own the world themselves without humans. And so we're going to—they're going to be a partnership. We're building this equipment to help us, and they're going to be best friends to us. Isaac Asimov had a law of robotics that no Thanks, robot Steve. can harm a Makes human being, better. but he had it wrong because that implies they're obeying our rules. Once they're thinking for themselves, they aren't. Our rules don't apply anymore. So I came up with Waz's law: no human can harm a feeling robot, or no human can harm a conscious robot. Once they're really like a, like a live being, we should not harm them because all of our own fighting and wars and conflict comes about from our, uh, from our fear of mortality. If a machine starts to think any human, human beings will unplug them whenever they... Uh... Is that true, our fear of mortality? I would say it's more about our fear of survival, and there's a nuanced difference there. The fear of survival dictates that you need resources. And our fear of mortality would just be surviving, period. I know that, that seems like a small difference, but I think it matters. Act their own way. But how no, we're, can, we're, Then they're not going to be our best friend. How can you say that a machine could have consciousness or could have a feeling? We don't know what consciousness is yet. We don't know how the brain is wired. We stumbled onto parts of the brain by accident. Look at this. Did we ever invent computers to replace the brain? No, to do a few tasks for it. Did we invent the internet to replace the brain? Did we, you know, eventually we needed search engines, and you used to ask a smart person a deep question, and now who do you ask? It starts with G-O, and it's not God. So, so we wound up by accident stumbling onto parts of the brain, assembling information and processing it. We haven't got to full consciousness where a machine has feelings and acts like it has feelings, but I think we're going to stumble onto that by accident because we're getting closer and closer. I expect that... Uh, that's going to be a, there's going to be a time that you're talking to a machine that knows your heart and soul. Mm. Everything's important in your life uh. better than any human does. How about it's a name here at Comic-Con? What's the message you hope to get across in your speech tomorrow? Well, the biggest message, I'm not giving a full speech at okay. Comic-Con. I'm going to be part of an introduction to the show. I want a full speech. I have it in my head and it all starts out with the importance of geeks. The sort of people that go to this Comic-Con yeah. type show 
are really kind of, in a way, they're, they're geeks. They're like the way I grew up. We're outsiders. We're doing things that aren't a normal part of society. This didn't exist in the past, but it's the things that we've come to love, and there are people that love it like us. So it's a great event. It's like going to, to a major concert and seeing thousands of people there, and they all love the same music and the same group. From your perspective, what is your opinion? Why shouldn't Apple help the government? On Here we go. I'm proud of my company. Um, here's He's still a company on the payroll. actually sets out to build good products the right way, not lie to consumers, tell them what they're getting. And it actually said, we are going to hire some of the best people in the world for cybersecurity, which is one of the horrible issues and threats to our lives these days. And we made a good, secure product. And now the government, if they can come in and tell us, now you have to unsecure it, make it insecure, they could go into any company and say, here's how you have to build your products. I'm sorry, engineers coming up with ideas should choose for themselves what they're going to build. And there's a right and a wrongness on civil liberties. I'm not even talking about that. I was a network administrator for many years supplying the Internet to schools in my town and things like that. And whenever anyone anywhere started typing a password, I turned my head the other way. And you'll see that system and network administrators, good ones, they know that it's important to respect everything right down to passwords. You don't mess with that. Secondly, um, people who want to hide something they're doing in their communications can get encryption programs anywhere. Edward Snowden would tell you that. And so it's not in the phone that it encrypts their communications. Secondly, this case with the FBI is a very lame case where the phones of the people got destroyed, but Verizon turned over every phone call they made, every contact they made, every text message, and what was in the text message. So, So they know that they don't have any, they haven't got any contact with a terrorist group. They're trying to link them to terrorist groups and they failed. But they're just, they're just trying really to come in and get power over companies forever where they can just go in and say, you have to build products with certain back doors for us. Well, what if the, what if the Chinese do that and say every single iPhone that, that your government officials use has to be um, have a back door for us Chinese to peek into? You know, but what if there is something on that phone that could help possibly prevent another terrorist is, attack? Is, How do you reconcile is, that is, with your views on civil liberties? What if is not the way to um, think about life? All the Bill of Rights was against the what-ifs. It said you had the Fourth Amendment, you have to have some good, strong evidence of what you'll find and that it's really going on there before you can you can penetrate it. And not and not a what-if. Oh, there might be something. You, know, you might have something on your phone that leads to a terrorist cell. You'll give me your phone right, and I'll give you the money to buy a fresh one, but I'll have your password for a couple of days just so I can look at it. You would never do that. Nobody would. Everybody who says, I have nothing to hide would never do that. But you know, aside from technology, in the real world, when authorities have probable cause, they can go get a warrant and then they can go and search through all your stuff in your house. Why is it different on your phone? Because if you give them infinite power, a lot more than probable cause. I pointed out a lot of cases, a lot of reasons why this was weak. They had all the communications that those people had done um, and uh, they aren't convicted terrorists anyway. That's a good point. Was good. Well NBC put. Well put. Oh, hello. Hi there. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, they'll just listen to Unfilter. I really like Waz. Uh, it was, he is a bit of a chatterbox, but uh, his heart's in the right place, and I think he nailed that one. So it was well put. It took a little while to get there, but it was well put. So we've talked a lot about bombings <laughs> in Brussels. That's a weird, just that, that sentence right there. We've talked a lot about bombings, guys. You know, you know, bombings. You know, this is, God, wow. What a world where that's a thing. You know, it's just casual. You talk a lot about bombings, you know. Anyways, so we talked a lot about bombings in Brussels this week. Uh, but uh, it's something that doesn't seem to be getting much coverage. And I wonder if it's because the mainstream media wants to avoid the turkey discussion altogether. Because then 
why these things are happening in Turkey might be asked. But there was a rather deadly suicide bombing. I, I believe several were killed and injured in Istanbul this week. An explosion has rocked Turkey's largest city of Istanbul. We'll show you some of the latest pictures now as the blast allegedly took place in one of the city's busiest spots. Uh, these are, again, some of the latest pictures now coming from Istanbul. Uh, the governor says there are four victims. They also claim that the explosion was caused by a suicide bomber. Uh, 20 more people are reported to have been injured. Now, the street where the blast took place is very popular among tourists. There are many consulate buildings located in that area. As we show you some of the latest pictures from Istanbul in the aftermath of this blast, uh, the police presence there certainly being bolstered. Let's bring in RT's William Whiteman into the studio here, uh, someone who's actually returned from the area in, in, in recent days. Uh, William, when it comes to a blast like this, we, we understand from preliminary reports that it was a suicide bomber. Yes, no, exactly. I mean, uh, from the information that we have now so far, um, uh, four people are said to have died. One of them includes the uh, suicide bomber. Uh, Twenty other people are injured at this point. As we were saying uh, previously, obviously this attack took place in a very busy district of Istanbul, an area which is incredibly popular with tourists. Uh, so it's no wonder that it's such a large um, uh, casualty number at this point. Now, Will, I just wanted to say, because we're having the reports of the one blast here, which was supposed to be that one suicide bomber, but we also understand security forces on high alert. They suspect a second suicide bomber might be somewhere in that area. Yes, no, this is what we're seeing as yes, well. No. They're on the lookout for like, a second follow-up blast, which could obviously affect um, emergency services when they attempt to uh, rescue the wounded or the dying from the area. Now, you're just back, ultimately, from that region. You've been going all throughout uh, the southeastern area, the border, along with Syria. You, you've spoken to the locals. You, you've seen the devastation. Whether You're it's probably a spy. It's a terrorist blast or Turkey's incursion in the southeast. When you're sitting in here, here in Moscow and you see the story of a suicide bomber in Istanbul, you're just back from there. What are your first thoughts? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is obviously the uh, absolutely uh, brutal level of devastation in the southeast of the country. I was in Jizra, uh, where the, pretty much all of the structures have been damaged to the point where they're on the verge of collapsing. A large number of them are completely decimated and, and are no longer stand. It looks like Syria there. It looks like Hammer. It looks like Aleppo. Um, so if you take that into consideration, it's no surprise that a lot of the local residents I spoke to are saying that um, uh, many among the Kurdish population are becoming uh, radicalized by these attacks. And uh, obviously this would lead uh, some to uh, want to seek vengeance. Um, obviously, though, at this point, there is no, uh, no one is claiming responsibility for the blast. Um, it remains to be seen who does so. Obviously, this could also be the work of uh, ISIL, who operate just across the border as well. Obviously. Uh, we will bring you more information as soon as we have it. Are you expecting a swift statement to come from President Erdogan today? Well, exactly. As we were saying earlier, this, is this, 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 this happens time and time again. Uh, an attack happens and Erdogan immediately comes out within an hour or so and blames the PKK. And uh, consistently, he has proven uh, to be wrong. He even went as far as to have the uh, PKK positions in, uh, in Iraq bombed by the Turkish Air Force uh, are following the most recent bombing in Ankara. Oh, that's why it's not being covered. Because they want to blame somebody else. Uh, Arch Russian Linux, Arch Linux Russian, I should just read it instead of trying to remember how it goes, says, Chris Lass, a small thing that was just a bit off to me was finding an ISIS flag. I think he's talking about a recent uh, raid, which we will talk about 
actually, a little bit right now. So the top terror suspect in November's deadly Paris attack telling investigators he was planning more attacks. <laughs> that is according to the foreign minister in Belgium. Authorities Friday captured Salah Abdeslam during a raid in Brussels. The foreign minister saying he claimed he was ready to, quote, restart something. Meanwhile, his lawyer says the French prosecutor violated the confidentiality of the investigation by telling the public too much about the case. My next guest argues the information investigators released may have played a role in what we saw today. Fox News senior judicial analyst, Judge Andrew Napolitano, here to explain oh. his story. Some of this is reading between the lines. You start. Yeah, well, it is, it is all reading between the lines. It is highly unusual for investigators to be revealing what they're hearing in real time to the press and to the public. Now, this guy is being interrogated, Abdul Salam is being interrogated in Belgium by Belgian prosecutors, Belgian magistrates, who are the initial inquirers in the judicial system, French investigators and French magistrates. So you have four different teams interrogating him. Some of them are speaking to the press. They are giving the press such detail about what they're learning in real time as they're learning it. All of this is getting out to his confederates who obviously perpetrated today. Who knows if this provoked them? Who knows if this was a dog whistle to them? You're, you're suggesting it's possible. Yes, I'm suggesting that it's possible that he used his investigators to deliver information that only the Confederates would know what it meant. Um, I've been telling everybody uh, for the past 48 hours about a fascinating article on Sunday. New York Times. It's a long one. Right. But it is it has information in there that is mind blowing about what happened in Paris and what they learned. Right. One of the things they talk about is that at least 90 terrorists moved among the migrants in Europe, out of Syria, <sighs> into Europe, into Western Europe. I really don't like Bill uh, sitting in for Shep. I think Shep does such a better job with the judge. Uh, I'm having a hard time following Bill, so I'm going to back it up just a bit because I'm losing track of what Bill says because he just seems like such a dummy. He seems like such a... Sp a model newsreader. There <laughs> some what they learned. Right. One of the things they talk about is New that at least 90 terrorists uh -huh. moved among the migrants in Europe, out of Syria, into Europe, into Western Europe, uh, and used the migration path to infiltrate Belgium, perhaps Paris, right. and other parts in between. Right. What you are surmising here is that, what you're suggesting, rather, is that if that information goes out, and they've got a safe house, and their cover's been blown, they're going to act. Correct. This may very well have been as much an attack on, on the Western way of life as a diversion, a diversion of law enforcement and intelligent research, intelligence resources to the metro, to the airport, while these people escape. This is going to have a tremendous effect on the EU and on the movement of people across EU borders. But if an American FBI agent was telling the press what he or she was hearing in real time during the interrogation, that person would be fired and perhaps even prosecuted for obstructing justice. A big point here is that security in Europe has failed. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the Belgian police and Belgian intelligence resources were ignorant of this guy hiding for four months because he was in Boom. a neighborhood that the police did not regularly visit. In this country, the police would have would have on the ground human intelligence resources and know who's coming and going in these neighborhoods where the bad guys are likely to live. You're suggesting they've learned a lesson after this today, but the this, hard, is, a, hard this is a really, really 
A horrible Tough way to go. Absolutely. It's a horrible lesson to learn. Look, they even revealed that Abdul Salam was going to sue them for revealing what he was saying. That's the level of detail that these investigators reported to the press. Far more than the press had, had the right to know. Nothing should have been revealed until the interrogation was completed, which is the way it's done in the U.S. Did things change now? I would hope so. I would hope so, Bill. Too late for the victims. Absolutely. Thank you, Judge. You're welcome. Always got to end the judge with like a real heartfelt like, I would hope so. You know, he's always, they always, that's always his out, he's going at like his signature sign off. I don't know what that is. Far more than the press had the right to know. What they're talking about, I guess, is several different investigators were working together and they, uh, well, not two different, well, it's actually pretty hard to really tell, but it appears that two different investigators leaked information to the press directly, and they gave them slightly different versions of the story. I believe that's what the judge was talking about, because they've been, they had been discussing it previously, so I think it was sort of inferred. Uh, and so, so out of context, it might have uh, been a little confusing. But I couldn't put 30 minutes worth of news coverage in there. Oh! All right, okay, so... Chase is going to be here pretty soon. We got to get to some of the 2016 stuff. God, I got a good one for him, though. I almost want to save this for him. I thought I had one that I was saving for him. All right, let's talk about this one. What, okay, chat room, can you tell me what are, what are the beans that uh, supposedly are going to be spilled by Trump about Ted Cruz's wife? What are these beans? I mean, we already know about the Goldman Sachs connection. I'm going to play this clip. Hi, I'm Justin Duckham from Talk Media News, and welcome to Bias Bash. Last night, we had a very interesting incident in which Donald Trump issued a tweet essentially taking Ted Cruz to task for an unrelated super PAC featuring ads that had nude photos of his wife, Melania, and then saying that if Ted Cruz was not careful, he would spill the beans about Ted Cruz's wife, Heidi Cruz. Now, this is very interesting. So he would spill the beans. Yeah, this is very interesting. And then they go on to talk on and on and on about it. What what would he spill the beans on? She works for Goldman Sachs. There could be something interesting there. Oh, I just wish he would do it. There is a possibility that for the sake of the party, he's not releasing information. Or it could just be the Goldman Sachs thing, and he's just talking big. Could be absolutely nothing with you. Who knows with Trump, right? Sometimes he just says stuff. Boy, it's interesting to see Fox News changing how they cover cover Trump versus an NPR. NPR, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to despair. I'm just giving you my honest opinion. NPR really uh, has a level of disdain for Trump in their coverage. Um, it's hard to it's hard to describe it to you because I don't have a clip to play for you because I just I primarily listen to it while I'm driving uh, or if I'm specifically looking through the archive. And it's, it's in the way they state questions to quote-unquote experts. They just don't get it. Fox News doesn't get it either. Nobody really, none of the media really seems to be getting why Trump is winning. What I find to be amazing is how well Trump is doing despite how there's pretty much a singular voice against Trump at this point. I find that kind of amazing. <clears throat> okay. So I want to save this one thing. So if I'm going to save a clip uh, for Chase, I, what do you guys think, chat room? Sanders is skipping a uh, APAC uh, meeting 
for a rally. Now, that is a big Israel lobby. That's a big deal if you're going to get to be president. And he's skipping it. Huge rally. I think Seattle is ready for a political revolution. You know, it's interesting that they just put they, that was one of the last things. Well, yeah, that might not been the. He said he ended on that too. I listened to his. Uh, actually, I watched it. Now that I'm thinking, they had it streaming on our local uh, our local news affiliates uh, of the different like networks had this streaming on, online. And the reason for that is that the American people are never, ever going to elect the president who insults Mexicans. Referring to Trump, uh, he packed Kiarina. I think it was, <clears throat> I might have the numbers wrong here, but I think it was uh, 10,000 inside and 5,000 outside, which is, you know, damn, that's, a, that's I mean, it's a, that's, a, that's an arena. <laughs> who insults Muslims. Again, Trump. Who insults women? That also is Trump. Who insults African Americans? You get the idea. If we stand together and we don't agree, who are working overtime to suppress the vote. Little security there. Uh, so I find that all to be, you know, it is really interesting. He and Hillary are in here. Bill is out here stumping. Well, you know. Mm. It's all fascinating to me. All right, so we have a little more 2016 coverage. A little more. We got to cover this part, I guess. Uh, Rubio, you know, we've been speculating. What's Rubio going to do? What's Rubio going to do? Now that he's out, he's going to become Veep? Is that what they call that? Is that the hip thing that they call, call the VP job? Because, uh, you know, everybody's wondering. I think, I think that it's there time, though, for Republicans to coalesce around one of the two candidates left in the race that's not Donald Trump to be able to stop him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to happen now, that the race is narrowed even further. And hopefully it's there's time to still, you know, prevent uh, a Trump nomination, which I think would fracture the party and be damaging to the conservative movement. It's actually kind of interesting to see Rubio without his makeup on that he wore during the debates. He looks uh, a little older. It actually might have served him not to put so much makeup on. Um, he might not have looked as young because he looks, you know, now he looks like somebody in his 40s. I'm not saying he looks old, but he looks like somebody who every now and then doesn't sleep great uh, and uh, has a lot on his mind. That looks like somebody who has some experience right there. It's funny how when you take away the cake makeup, uh, what a difference it makes. I'm not even trying to make a joke. It really does make a big difference. Would you consider being Cruz's vice president? No, I'm not going to be anybody's vice president. I'm, not, I'm just not going to – I don't want – I'm not interested in being vice president. I don't mean that in a, in a disrespectful way. It's, I'm not going to be vice president. I'm not running for governor of Florida. I'm going to finish out my term in the Senate over the next 10 months. We're going to work really hard here, and we have some things we want to achieve, and – and then I'll be a private citizen in January. And you're Uh-oh. not going to rethink this and go back and file in April or, or May for this seat? No, no, I'm not running for re-election. I'm not running for re-election. Let's play that back again. Let's play that back again. I think let's 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 just hear that again. Senate over the next ten months, we're going to work really hard here, and we have some things we want to achieve, and 
and then I'll be a private citizen in January. And you're oh. not going to rethink this and go back and file in April or, or May for this seat? No, no, I'm not running for re-election to the Senate. As I said, I'm, I'm going to finish my term here, and, and then I'll be a private citizen. There are small little metal discs that are going to be directly touching your scalp. It's going to be sampling the electrical activity. This is your brain on presidential debates. Sam Barnett is measuring brain activity as viewers watch the most popular show of the season. The 26-year-old is yes. a hedge fund CEO by day. That really happened. And if you're curious about that, the full clip is in the supporters' sink. You should go watch that. It's your brain on Donald Trump. Let's cover a little more news. An American college student this morning faces 15 years of hard labor in a North Korean prison. The University of Virginia undergrad was sentenced overnight for allegedly trying to steal a propaganda banner. He was taken into custody in January while visiting Pyongyang. Seth Doan is monitoring developments from Tokyo. Seth, good morning. Good morning. Otto Warmbier was charged with subversion in a trial that lasted just an hour. The University of Virginia student was paraded through North Korea's highest court today, handcuffed and shuffling past photographers. Otto Frederick Warmbier Man, was detained weird. in January as he prepared to leave North Korea after visiting the reclusive country with a tour group. Today was the first we'd seen of the 21-year-old since his tear-filled apology broadcast on state media in late February. I entirely beg you and government of the DPR Korea for your forgiveness. Please, I have made the worst mistake of my life. It's interesting how they have photographers standing in the corner of the room. They're really making a spectacle out of that, oh, aren't they? Oh, well, they, that's what they do. Hey they there, do that buddy. all the time. Hey, hey there. Oh, oh, hi. Oh. Hi there. Oh, hi. Hello, Mr. Chase. Hello hey there. Hi. Hey there. Hey, hey. you know what? Yeah, yes. I've, been, I've been saving a clip for you. You've been saving some for me, buddy? Yeah, because I wanted to get your take on this. As somebody who has a good production eye, uh, what do you think about this moment with Trump? Having people sing happy birthday to you. Trump or Cruz? Just wait for it. If you squirm... Put yourself in Donald Trump's shoes. So Donald, Donald, stay. You think this could get us pulled for playing this? No. Okay. By me. Standing and swaying on stage at Mar-a-Lago with Dr. Ben Carson as they were serenaded by singer Bo So you see how he's just swinging right the there? Mountains. So they're giving him a hard time for just swaying back and forth. Was that a PR blunder, do you think? No. Okay, so here's something that's weird. Okay. I uh, last night was uh, the CNN was acutely uh, calling it. Um, they were what were they calling it? Uh, Western Tuesday because it was Idaho, Utah, and Arizona, right? Right. Yeah. And I was watching that coverage, by the way. Yeah, I did too. I watched it. I watched some of Fox's. I was jumping around between Fox and CNN. I usually jump around between at least three, but I was just sticking to two because the other thing I did that I haven't done before during these uh, during these things is I went on to YouTube's live section. Oh. And I saw. I wanted to see if anybody was pirating the stream. Okay. Because you'd think YouTube would crack down on that, Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. So what folks are doing to get around, I, I imagine, what they're doing to get around the YouTube crackdown is they are picture-in-picturing, like, CNN's feed, and then they're, like, putting, like, artwork and stuff around it, and they're, like, putting, like, their video box of them and, like, other stuff, like, just other things on it. Right. And they're, like, doing video captures and restreaming it on YouTube Live. Okay. And one of them... One of the artworks they did to just make it a little different is they put a little, 
they put a little Chris Christie down in the corner. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they put a little Chris Christie down in the corner. Well, not a little Chris Christie, but yeah. yeah. And then you remember that you now you remember that imagery where Chris Christie was standing behind Donald Trump. Yeah. And he was just standing there weirdly, and everybody noticed how weird yeah, uh, Chris Christie yeah, was. Yeah. Somebody took that footage, that long ass footage of Chris Christie just standing there looking all weird. Yeah. And they put a donut. In, on Donald Trump's head, so Chris Christie standing there looking oh, at the donut, <laughs> and then they're rebroadcasting CNN on YouTube Live. So I'm checking out different people's live streams and stuff like that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was good. So there you go, Chase. I saved that for you. Oh, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. Before that, it was Rubio admitting he's going to stick to private work. But uh, oh, really? Aww. I felt like that was a step up for you. I felt like that was a bit of a step. That's up. a better step up. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. So, anything we need to cover in the uh, in the overtime before we start the main show here? You know, not really. I mean, there's. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I okay. I was hoping to have a, a new commercial to share. Oh, but, that would uh, be good. I mean, because we did the Les Schwab one already, right? Did we? You did a Les Schwab commercial? Are you <laughs> bullshitting me? No, I'm not, dude. That's a big deal. I, I thought I did. I thought I, honestly, I thought I shared that. I, no, did I no, 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 no. Wait, okay, no, no. Right, Les right. Schwab. No, did you uh, chat room? Did Chase play the Les Schwab commercial last did week? I do because, a lot. Because I, I recall uh, we played two last week, one you did before, and a new one last week. You're right. Was the new one the Les Schwab one, though? I did, did I share? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I Play it for me, and I'll tell I, you. I, was... I will play it for you, and you okay. let me know if you've right. heard okay. it. Okay. Right. Okay. Because, you know, if, if this job doesn't work out See, for me. See, they don't even know who Les Schwab is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so if this job doesn't work out this for me. This is your backup plan. This, this is, is your, my backup plan. This is your plan. plan B. Okay. If you like a fun, fast-paced work environment, here's an employment opportunity that can provide you with an excellent oh, yeah. future. Yeah, Les we Schwab did. Tire Centers, the West's oh, okay. largest right. independent tire retailer, is now hiring in the Seattle area. Built on dedication and hard work, the company began over 60 years ago and now has over 450 locations throughout the West. For yeah. exceptional employee benefits and promotion opportunities, consider joining the Les Schwab team. Check out and apply online at leschwab.com. Les Schwab is an equal opportunity employer and a drug-free workplace. Oh, <laughs> wait, that's right. We did talk about it last week. What essential Seattle living has arrived? Chase, oh, sorry. You crazy, you crazy. That's funny. We did talk about that last week. Yeah, I. You know what? I could. Uh, I could see it. But Bob, Les Schwab and Chris, do you think they have any IT jobs? Maybe if this thing don't work out, I could go get an IT job over at the Les Schwab. What do you think? You know, they are hiring, and they are a drug-free workplace, though. Yeah, I know. I know. Let's just say we that problem. But do you think? Uh, you think? Uh, you think maybe? Uh, what uh, it? Change. Change some side. If tires? I told you, hey, hey, Chase, hey, I Chris. now I now yes. have a job over at Les Schwab. Uh, would you be impressed by that? No, probably not. No, okay. not really. No. Okay, I got a question for you, and then we'll start the show. Okay. Have you ever have you ever noticed that we just like keep finding more stuff in King Tut's tomb? Like, <laughs> don't you feel like like the scans oh, of King Tut's mean, burial chamber? Do you mean have more than Geraldo sharing in Al Capone's vaults? Right, right, right. A discovery that could intensify speculation that the chambers contain the remains of the famed Queen Nefertiti. After the, you know what I realized when I look at this? This is never going to be a problem again, thanks to internet. Think about all of the porn, like all of like you look back at old porn and, you know, it's like you have like these old weird vintage magazines. But now, like dated porn in 20 years is going to be all over the Internet. Like, <laughs> right. We're not going to have these hidden like uh, no. these tombs of stuff anymore. It's just everything's out there, baby. Your selfies are up on Facebook. Your old kinkers kinks is up on the Internet. It's all out there for everybody to see. Have at it, historians. This show included.